0: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
1: You gave Golden Sun a 10 out of 10? I thought Golden Sun oh was the one. Oh my God. Oh my I mean, god! We,
2: we You know I was going to say, I was actually enjoying your company at one point in this podcast. Like seriously, Bye. I was going to walk... I was going to walk away and say, you know what? She's a decent, upstanding citizen. That's what Golden I was going to say. Cent?
1: Golden yes! cent, 10 out of 10. Yes. Please. I, I- oh my gosh. I am not watching another Rings of Power episode. I am, I am not even tuning in to season two. Could You could not pay That's me. Here,
3: here. Welcome to the Tutor Ramble podcast. My name is Richard. My name is Austin. And we have a very special guest today. Me? No, you're never special Um, and you're um, never a guest. Today we have Bookborn from YouTube. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello. Thanks for having (laughs) me, guys. Happy to join in.
3: Absolutely. We
2: are honored to have you on. And this is fun because usually we're those BookTubers that when you have another person to talk with... It's very easy to just keep that going and keep that going. And when we do reach out, occasionally, you're one of the rare ones that you, you got lucky enough to get the Tutor Ramble invitation and actually accept it. We've asked so many people. Thank you for being <laughs> on. This is, this is going to be fun. We want to get into the general scope of this conversation, the pros and cons of BookTube. And coming from you, you've been in the BookTube space longer than us. We saw you. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to gush about, especially you being in the Sanderson, Trust of the Emerald Sea. Oh, my goodness. So I can't oh. imagine... I just want to lob this general question, see where we go from here. I have five big topics, and the very first one is actually this. You being in BookTube now for a couple years, uh, what do you think about reading itself? Has the joy of reading stayed with you? Or has something happened where you're starting to read, maybe it's getting mixed with content? Are you starting to lose it, or where are you at currently?
1: Um, Both, I think both have lost uh some of its luster and also as as great as it ever was um I think I don't like the pressure that I have to finish things when I'm not feeling it like it just feels like I can never take a break from reading whereas previously there might be like a week or two where I'm sick or you know whatever life's in the way and I'm not reading and that was normal and now I feel like this weight of When's the last time you posted on Instagram? When's the last time you reviewed a book on <laughs> on YouTube? Um, and I don't love that, but that being said, I now have a ton of friends to talk books with, which I didn't have previously. So that is more fun and definitely makes reading a lot more fun than it used to be.
2: Yeah, I always see, we don't have a Goodreads account. Uh, do you have a Goodreads
1: account? I don't, oh my gosh, you guys don't have a Goodreads okay. account either. That is like, we're the rare Pokemon spotted in the wild. Yes. I think I may have
3: set it up with a Gmail. I just haven't used it. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, no. But I see, the reason I
2: bring that up is I see on Goodreads, I don't know if you both see this, because I do see reviews, although I don't post myself. I'll see people have the goals of reading 50 or 100, 150 in a year. These goals that I could never reach. Would you ever do that? Do you set a goal? Do either of you Because, rich? I've never asked this for you. I just don't care to ask you, but I guess I'll include you. But do either of you ever have this reading goal of I'm gonna get fifty done this year?
1: This is so crazy. I just filmed a video about this exact thing that I'm gonna post in two weeks. Oh, which okay. is I, I we can
2: critique that one too. Because I don't know if <laughs> you for can the audience. It. It's we... about why I don't have a
1: good reads. <laughs> and one of the main reasons okay. is I hate I hate the book number goals. I, I hate mm. them. Mm. I think I mean, I don't hate if people want to do it. That's their own business. I don't really care. But I don't like the competition aspect that it has brought to the book reading community as if the only way to be a book lover is if you read an ungodly amount every year. Like I I ah. have responsibilities. I can't read 100 books a year. This is just not going to happen. And again, no shade. Right. But the one year I tried to um, set like a number for myself, I felt like it changed my reading habits for the worse. I wasn't reading as complicated books. I was purposely avoiding long books. I was trying to find books I thought I could get through quickly mm. to reach this goal. And I think it, it harmed my reading personally.
3: Okay. I, can, I can definitely yeah. see that. Because I, I wouldn't want to... But for example, a disc, Discworld are fairly short books. And if I want oh, to I hit- jump in, she did
2: re- uh, review Small Gods. I saw on your Instagram. Didn't love it as much as you do, Rich. Just want to say that point no, of contention. See.
3: That that, that could be <laughs> a we'll we'll, just, we'll save that discussion I'm, for just, a little later. I'm trying to start <laughs>
2: conflict. Like I'm I'm here to interrupt you on your answers and start conflict. All right, so go
3: ahead, Rich. But to the point, Discworld has such short books that if I was hitting a number goal, yeah. I would tear through Discworld, and I, that would be forty-two. I think forty-one. 41 or 42 books for the year and I could kill those really quickly Mm -hmm. however kind of takes some of the joy out of it I love Discworld as like this it's my nice palate cleanser book after I finish a big long heavy series that was all serious Mm -hmm. I go to a Discworld and it's just so enjoyable that I don't think I'd want to read it just to get the number up
2: yeah I've seen so we had we were lucky enough to have Brian McClellan on love love him he's great Mm -hmm. he told us that he just doesn't read anymore uh, as much as he used to because write, something about writing, he doesn't want to read as much. And I know Daniel Green, similarly, I don't know if this is still the case. It was on a podcast from like a year ago, but was saying that the reading starts to get to him when he's trying to increase the number and do things just for the content. And mm-hmm. we haven't felt that yet because I guess we don't, we, we read hardly enough. We need to read more, if anything. Yeah. But I imagine for you, bookborn, do you ever have a situation where you would have DNF'd a book but you need to finish it because you have to post a review.
1: No, because I never DNF and I never DNF'd even before I started booktube. So
2: What's that about? Oh wow, okay. Yeah,
1: I've only DNF'd two books in I think the last 15 years.
3: Well, we gotta ask. Yeah. What were those two books? <laughs>
1: um The Uncut were they Stand Was that your husband's book? <laughs> that would be <laughs> The Uncut Stand by Stephen King, which I DNF'd back in like 200- okay. 2015. Um, in my defense, I really liked that book until I got to this one chapter that is the worst chapter I've ever read in my life. And King fans have told me that that is fair and that I should just read the book again and skip the chapter because it never comes uh, back. <laughs> oh. Have you read The Stand? Either of you?
3: I have not. I no. actually, I have not read a single Stephen King book. i I've, horror has never been my genre, just never been into Stephen King.
1: Yeah, I'm not a horror person either, which is maybe why that was a bold choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I did it. That um, is... A- <laughs> so yeah, that was the yeah. One. That
2: that's a great sell though of saying this is like the one of the two books that Bookboard couldn't even finish. That's a good. I don't know. <laughs> I'm interested, but I probably won't like it. But it's at least a good. It's one of those things you don't want to watch, or like, like watching a bad movie, like The mm. Room. It's you like it because it's so bad. Is it one of those, or was it just a genuinely horrible chapter?
1: Um, it's just um. It was disturbing graphic content. I guess I should say that's like the only thing that I would DNF a book for. It, okay. It's it's graphic content, um, so that's that's why I wouldn't say it was bad in the terms of like oh this is badly written or anything because I really I really was enjoying the book until then. It was just it was so graphic that I thought if it even comes up again I'm not interested in reading this, and so that's why I quit.
3: Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the. It's kind of a an odd thing. I dnf'd a book, a whole series based on the very first chapter. Uh, have you read a uh, Prince of Thorns by uh, Mark Lawrence?
1: <laughs> I shall never. My husband was like, "You can never read this book."
3: <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, I, I read the first. I bought the whole series because I liked Mar- Mark Lawrence. I loved his um, his Red Sister uh, trilogy, and. I read the first chapter of Prince of Thorns and just put it down and said, "Nope. Not going to continue on with this series. I just couldn't get through it. Was it that the protagonist was genuinely terrible? Oh, it, it's if- it's really hard to follow a series when mm. you want the char- the main character to die immediately. Okay. Like I'm hoping it trips and gets struck by lightning <laughs> oh. in the next chapter."
2: And you're saying you were warned warned not to read this? Like your husband told you, yeah, no, this is not for you? He said
1: you will never even make it through a paragraph of this novel. And so I will never pick that up. (laughs) I'd be right with you.
2: Do you focus on a certain... In fantasy category, do you focus on... Do you like YA more? Do you like a certain type of...
1: No, I haven't read a YA book in like a decade. I'm all strict adult fantasy, but I do... I do have a, a pulse on the graphicness of things. I just i there's a few things okay. for me that I personally don't like, and so I'll, I'll try to get a pulse on that, um, or just skip sections if I know it's going to be a limited part of the of the novel.
2: Because I know you do love Joe Abercrombie, right? Didn't you just finish a book that you loved? I wish book was that
1: Trouble with Peace, yeah.
2: Trouble of Peace. favorite book of the okay. year so
1: far. Um, yeah, so Joe Abercrombie was a hard sell for me because I knew he had graphic sex scenes. Um, the only reason Joe gets a pass, I see that you guys have read Blade itself and Before They Are Hanged, maybe based on your shelf.
3: Uh, I've, yeah, I'm currently working on the third book right now. And okay.
2: Hold on, this is Richard's shelf. Don't assume I've read half these books. So, <laughs> this, is, this is Richard's domain. I read, um, one of those over there but yeah so with, the with blade itself you also read blade itself
1: yeah i've read um i've read nine of the ten first law books so i only have one okay. last one to read but joe's scenes are hilarious i they're so they're not really meant to be graphic in the way we normally think of graphicness they're just hilarious um and i also skim read that stuff because i don't find it very important to the overall plot um but joe it's because mm. he's so funny okay. So I find his graphicness doesn't get to me in the same way other graphicness can because of the humor and kind of, um, yeah, the levity he brings into it. I don't know if you've noticed that reading him. Mm. I,
3: I have because I'm not the biggest fan of grimdark series in and of itself. Me neither. Like for the most part, Game of Thrones just actually doesn't really interest me that much. It, it's not really my cup of tea. But there have been a couple series that I'm getting slowly pulled into it. Joe Abercrombie is definitely one of them. The Black Tongue Thief was also a supposed to be grimdark, but it's actually pretty darn funny. I've read that one. The Mm -hmm. Len. Yeah, it's a funny book because it's through the certain character's lens. And so he makes it funny, but it's a pretty dark, dark world.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've found that I pretty much... I thought that I might like Grimdark because I liked Abercrombie so much and I've discovered I don't like Grimdark. I just like Abercrombie. So that's kind of my <laughs> current stance <laughs> on, on the matter. Maybe I'll be convinced.
3: <laughs> awesome. By the way, what was that second book that you DNF'd in oh, the yes. last
1: 15 years? It was an indie book. So I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard of it. Mm. Um, it was Where Loyalties Lie by Rob Hayes. Now, I always like to do the caveat is that I've read... Rob Hayes other books and loved them but there was an extremely graphic brutal scene in where loyalties lie and it was just like I could not go on um because of that. So it's not like a moral or judgment on the book itself and the writing but it was it was too graphic for me. Yeah.
2: Okay. That brings us perfectly into this where you said so that's an indie book. And there's lots of self-published books that do really well because of BookTube and because of your channel. I'm sure when you when you review something, it really impacts if people read a book or not. Do you ever feel an obligation if there's a self-published book you hate, like maybe you might not review that or if there's something that you just don't like, you just won't mention it because of your platform?
1: It's it's really tough because I think you should be honest and if you always avoid a bad rating, then that there's some lack of honesty there. But I do... I do not want to sync a book. Um, so there has been a book. I didn't wasn't even give it a bad rating. It was only like a three star, but I didn't post a review on it um, because it was a really new indie book and I didn't want to post a three star review because it felt like, um, you know, maybe not fair. But I tried to be pretty careful at the indie books I pick up that I know I'm probably going to already enjoy them um yeah or with spfbo i am brutally honest like my spfbo scores are reflective Mm. of how i felt about the books because that's my job as a judge and luckily there are other people reviewing those books to counteract perhaps if i give a poor review to one of them
3: sure there's definitely a different context with they're being kind of submitted that get you're supposed to actually grade it and it's yes they're offering they're offering to be critiqued where actually a patron of ours had a question that kind of is falls in line with similar to this um orcish dad he he wanted to ask you were there any books that you read while judging uh for the spfbo that you didn't feel that you feel you didn't get the recognition they deserved and if so why do you think that was
1: um (laughs) Weirdly enough, I feel like Song for the Void, which is silly because it got third place, but like it annoyed me that it got third place because I just liked it so much. Um, I I am trying to champion that book. I just felt like it was so well done and it got like pushed to third. I was the only person who said it was my favorite of the batch, which I also felt was strange. Um, So I just feel like a lot of people are talking about the other, the top two, and I just don't hear a lot of people talking Mm. for that one. And I really, really liked it, and so, yeah, I guess that's my my one from this year that I would that I would champion.
2: I I must say, just to, about that Patreon question, we did mention to our patrons that you were coming on. Every single person was like, "Oh, my favorite booktuber's coming on," and we're like, "What are you doing in our Patreon?" What are you? <laughs> Every single person. Not,
3: it's, it was. It was horrible. It was, it was a terrible time for us. We've cultivated so, a great group of people yeah. that love to roast us.
2: But they're being honest. Like they say, it goes like yeah. they they listed. It was like it was it was you then Mike's book reviews. We weren't even on their list. So just <laughs> want to say they were they were very excited no. about this episode. Well, that's
1: great. And very with.
2: Nice. Uh, Going off the SPFBO, how did you become a judge in the first place? How'd that all work?
1: Um, Mark reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be a judge.
2: Oh, oh. so that's that's awesome. So that's how happened.
1: Wow. But I um I mean, he kind of knew about me. Um, my husband was in the competition uh in SPFBO six, and I had yeah. I had emailed him a while back just like, oh, if you ever need someone to get involved, and that was like a couple of years, and then he had contacted me uh, last year and just said, well, we need a judge. Do you want to do it? So I said, yes.
2: Yeah. So this is your first year, right? This is or my second year. Do I have that one. No, second. Se- sorry. Second year. Okay. And then were you, you weren't sort of Kagan was 2019 or 2020. Were you the, were you there when sort of Kagan was in the running? No,
1: no, no. I was not there when sort of Kagan was in the running, which is good because then the next year, my husband's was in the running, which would have been really weird. And I wouldn't have been able to yeah. rate that. <laughs> I think actually maybe was he the year after sort of Kagan? Maybe not. There might've been one in between. I don't know the order of them all. I've okay. read them all, though. I've read all the winners. Awesome. Where loyalties lie is the DNF because it was a winner. Anyway, the end.
2: Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, I, I think the competition is so awesome because we wouldn't have read that book otherwise. Like, how, oh, yeah. how would that book have been as popular as it is? I think it does tremendous things for... And how does it work exactly where there's year one of ten groups of judges? Is that correct?
1: Yes. And Okay. We all pick a finalist, so there's 300 books, we all get 30 books, we pick a finalist from the 30 books, and then we all have to review all 10 of the finalists.
2: How's that deadline look? So are you ever crunched for what, you have to read a lot of books by this certain time?
1: Yep. It's it's a deadline, (laughs) and it it is really hard. In fact, I was like, last year, I was like, I don't know if I can do this again, but then it was so fun. And I was like, okay, I can do it. You just got to push through.
2: Right. Does that ever hurt? Because, you know, you have to read a lot of stuff for content and enjoyability or whatever. So adding that in is just a third category of yeah. that, that. that I understood the yep you said there. came across. so.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's no. all I needed to say. Kind of my whole feeling. I'll, was in I'll be yep. honest.
3: <laughs> It's been quite nice recently. We've been doing videos on books that I have already read. That it's just Austin has to catch up. Yeah, And so he's reading it while I get to sit back and kind of relax and slowly read my other books. So yep. it's going to come to a point where we're going to have to. I'm actually going to have to start reading at a break. Like a break. You're going to have piece. to start
1: reading and you have a book, too. I know. <laughs> <What? Ugh>. Terrible.
3: <laughs> we had this dynamic
2: where he's uh, he is read way more fantasy sci-fi books and I'm kind of playing catch up. And that's what we do here. And we, it, it's worked very differently because most BookTubers are, it's one person. And so we kind of have to figure out different content strategies with two people. Can you give us an insight in talking about the pros and cons of BookTube? As you doing it alone, what, what has been a more enjoyable part of this whole experience? And then what's been something that you, you go, hmm, I'd rather not?
1: Um, people are the best part of BookTube um, meeting people. I don't know. You yeah. know, you guys feel that way. I've made some pretty close friends, oh, yeah. um, doing booktube that yeah. I chat with like about regular life stuff on the daily, um, mm-hmm. yeah. which has been really great. I just, I love the community. Um, so that's for sure the best part. Uh, the worst part is the grind. So I don't know if you guys feel that just like, oh gosh, I got to put something out every week whether I'm busy, or whether I want to, or whether I have an idea floating around in my head. Because some weeks, it's just like, oh I do goodness. not have an idea in my head, it's blank. Oh,
2: <laughs> oh please, okay, I, I, I put this in my notes. I, I promise you, I put this in my notes. Okay, let's talk about content. A book born, how do you come up with ideas? How, please help. Like, that's, <laughs> like actually, how do you, because we have a board off the side behind Richard, where we have all the ideas listed, they're kind of rough. Some of them are good, but what do you yeah. do to come up with something? Do you open up a dictionary, do the Mr. Beast method of picking a word, or how do you do it?
1: I couldn't imagine someone who's more different than me than Mr. Beast, so whatever he does, I probably do the opposite <laughs> of that, but um, I do right. have a, the notes app in my phone is where I keep a running list. Right now, I hate every idea on that running list, um, so I don't really know how useful the list is. Uh.
2: Um,
1: I, where do I get my ideas? A lot of times, it's like someone says something, something happens. I'm can't fall asleep for three hours at night, and so finally, an idea pops into my head um, that I hopefully remember the next morning. I I never know where it's going to come from, to be honest.
2: Hmm. Yeah, uh, Rich, you're our idea guy. Oh, then you tell me. Yeah,
1: give me this. (laughs) (laughs) Please help.
3: (laughs) All right, Rich, your turn. (laughs) Oh, my! I'll be honest. I just kind of look around at stuff and then go, "What if?" that but what if books and then <laughs> ad- ideas pop into my head <laughs> been there yeah yeah that's usually how that's, it goes that's the, for the most part yeah. but actually a, a patreon talk uh wanted to also ask you it's kind of in the same vein that uh lucas was thinking about how with most booktubers falling back into what they would consider standardized content like book calls book reviews and skits Um, how are you able to constantly come up with more thought-provoking topics about the industry to discuss for your channel? Which I think you've kind of gone over right now, but I'm interested because you do take a different spin with your channel than I would say most booktube channels.
1: um, Yeah, I think for me it's just like I have to be interested in what I'm talking about to do it, and book hauls and that sort of like TBR thing just doesn't interest me. I just can't work myself up to be interested by it. And so I'm never going to be able to sit in front of a camera and talk about something that I have just zero interest in. But also I don't tend to haul. I don't buy a lot of books because I only, I read what I buy. I don't put them on my bookshelf till they're read. And I'm like a, what's it called? A mood reader. So what TBR? I would never match a TBR. Like there's just no way. Um, So... I write what I, you know, I write scripts or I film what I'm interested in. And most of the YouTubers I followed before becoming a BookTuber were video essayists and not necessarily in the book space. Mm. And so that's who I wanted to emulate because that's the kind of content that interests me.
2: So you won't lean in toward, hey, if this is going to get more views or versus what you want to do?
1: I mean, this is the conversation (laughs) because my husband's always like, look, (laughs) you complain all the time that your channel isn't growing the way you want it to. But then you refuse to do things that could get you... (laughs) guaranteed views like he we seriously have this conversation like once a month he's like just film a yeah. tbr video film a haul and i'm like no uh, <laughs> read some manga yeah. <laughs> do a manga
2: review <laughs> that's the way to do it you do have these Like uh, your, your videos are obviously very well prepared you have this style of uh, how long is it typically take you per video to have all the notes set up and ready to go
1: I mean, it really depends how research heavy it is. So um, like a recent video, like my propaganda video, which took a lot of research, that's probably like 30 to 40 hours um, between editing, research, writing, and producing. Um, Something that's just a book review or doesn't require a lot of research, that's gonna be a lot less, right? Maybe 10 to 15. Um, If I'm really lucky, five to eight. (laughs)
0: But yeah, the research heavy videos, that's
1: why I tend to, um, if anyone's following my content, they might realize what I do, what I call a high effort video followed by a low effort video. So I usually do one week on, one week off um, so that I have extra time for those high effort videos.
2: That makes sense. And so when you do, do you have a different style going into a more video essay, you're ready, this, this one's prepped versus a book review. How do you look at those two differently?
1: Yeah, so I do write scripts for all of them because I just like to organize my thoughts. I mean, I don't read the script, but I have to write something out beforehand to know like where I want my thoughts to be. But yeah, a book review, it's going to be a lot. I can just sit down in a single sitting and usually get it out and just do a few revisions, film. Very little editing usually goes into a book review. There's not a lot of stuff. So it's just simpler. Whereas one of my video essays, you never really know where they're going to end up. Like, the research discovery mm. phase can go a lot of directions, and so I never know how long. And there's some videos where I'm like, I have to stop researching. Like, if I'm going to make a video right. that comes out Wednesday, like, I have to just cut the cord. Like, I can't I can't spend this much time, like, digging into research articles and reading, like, 45 pages. Like, I think that was my, um, the video on adaptations. I had found this, like, dissertation on adaptations that was, like, 120 pages and I was like on page 60 and I was like this is insane. I have to stop like I have to just I have, I have to, to, to just this. put this out and I can read this on my own later. So th- that's that's the tough thing is the timeline.
2: How does it feel when you do all this research for example your spoiler video your you know what your spoiler talking about why spoilers may yeah, not matter. Yeah that's why we're in a few. I remember it. And then some random booktubers come out Just
3: for pure views and content, put you in a thumbnail, (laughs) and go. You're wrong, Bookborn. You know? Do you know how much research (laughs) came into our rebuttal, or at least my? Like, I had one thought that I wanted to rebut that entire article. It was. It was quite literally like five minutes. Oh, it was. I think we were eating, and we went. (laughs) Oh, what about that? That's That's a
2: significant significant (laughs) flaw.
3: And then that's a video. Yeah, we're. (laughs) we have problems
1: (laughs) i actually love it i love getting a response um because then it's like well at least someone thought about it like maybe i didn't get as many views as i hoped but someone thought about it um although i do think that is definitely in like the top 10 misunderstood videos that i've ever produced um Mm. people seem Mm -hmm. to think i love spoilers and i'm like if you watch till the end I am like a very spoiler-phobic person. I just like forcing people to think differently about things. Um, It's not necessarily accepting that spoilers are okay. It's more about forcing you to confront something that is different than your gut instinct.
2: I remember in that video you were even saying, I think you talked about showing Star Wars to your kid at the appropriate age so he wasn't spoiled were you yeah. mentioning that like you're you so concerned for spoilers you didn't want him to be spoiled
1: yes <laughs> correct he needed to that, have the experience I wanted him to have
2: <laughs> yes and that's why I was, I was gonna bring up family at the end because it's like the least important thing but <laughs> since since we're talking about it I wanted this this was my most exciting question of the night okay mm, okay I have this written out it was is there something from booktube that has taught you something about parenting Rich, was that a good question? Give me something. Was that, was no? Oh, uh, it's going to depend on the answer. Okay, let's see. I thought, I thought it was thought-provoking. It was relatable. It was, okay. Do either of
1: you guys have kids?
2: No. Oh, no, no. Okay. We are, yeah.
1: Are you guys babies? How, how,
2: how, how old do you think we are? We're the same age.
1: You're the same age.
2: Yes. Yeah. Doesn't look good. I know he's got the...
1: <laughs> I'm going to guess 26.
2: 25, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Right on. Dude,
1: I nailed it. Okay, well, how old do you think I yeah. am?
2: I think I know, so it's not you have okay. to guess that. Because, oh, I had to guess. Yes. Because I saw your mm. episode on Fantasy Files, was it? I was watching with uh it's Fantasy Files, correct? They were talking about Titanic it was funny. Oh, <laughs> and we
1: came up, we I, found out we had the same birthday, right?
2: Yes, and that yes, and that's where I found out your age, so you gotta answer Rich. Twenty-nine? No, I'm
3: 33.
1: Dang. Right. Yeah, so only four years um, You guys are yeah. babies. That's fine. Um, <laughs> we are we men. Need what you, guys. Are you talking We need about? the use on, on BookTube. Um, uh, why us old people? I go to home. I... I-
2: I go to Home Depot. I don't know what
3: you're talking about. What are you talked about? I, I just go... I just fixed the air conditioning and washer this past weekend. Oh, listen,
2: I go to Home Depot just to smell the driftwood and see my people my brethren. I don't know. I don't
1: it's think just... there's driftwood <laughs> at um, Home Depot, but hey, i
2: I've never seen I've never seen a Home Depot in real life. It's never gone
3: to Home <laughs> Depot.
1: But, but um, you know, lumber is usually what we call it um at the Home Depot. <laughs> um, that's right. <laughs>
3: She's more of a man than you are
2: <laughs> yeah. and ever will be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For, so that that went off the amazing question I had based on I, BookTube I do, and Parenting. Your is question there, was
1: amazing. Um, oh, thank you. Is it BookTube? What about a book I wouldn't have read probably if it weren't for BookTube? Um, right. Which I just recently read A View from the Cheap Seats by Neil Gaiman, which is a collection of his nonfiction essays. Mm-hmm. And mm. Leanna's Library, Leanna from Leanna's Library, gave me that book. Um, and Neil Gaiman, all of his thoughts on, you know, how children read and what you should let children read, I think will have a profound impact on me. Um, he was so eloquent Mm -hmm. about the way he talked about, um, kids discovering literature and how just allowing them to read whatever they want, whether it is dumb and stupid and we don't consider it literature or whether it's great or too old for them and letting kids like discover that as their own journey. Um, and how that affected him has definitely made me feel like I'm going to be, you know, just not like I'm going to give them anything to read, but just allow them to explore more and not get so worked up, um, on what they're choosing to read.
3: Is, is there a strategy that you, that you have with your kid that you're going to try and get them to actually like reading? Oh, my kids love to read. Can come across as pretty hard. I'm sorry. Say my
1: kids love to read. Um, I don't know I'm lucky or what I have two kids. um mostly my eight-year-old he is an insane like he reads hours a day it is the the best thing of my life i'm just like so grateful that that's awesome he is the person who came out my daughter like does like to read um she's just not as motivated to learn to read my son learned to read at four like he was so self-motivated he wow is just like a huge reader um and so at least i have one Like whether or not my daughter comes around, (laughs) I have one. But I I mean, I think if you love to read, if you guys ever want kids someday, if you love to read, like your kids like to do what you like to do. Um, And if you have a culture of reading, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you guys have tons of books on your bookshelves. That's a big step towards that.
2: Definitely. And we have noticed this pattern, too, because our other... Uh, friend that we collab with Bryce from Shelf Center, shout out Bryce. His kid he's is twelve or eleven, and also loves reading, loves it. And it's hard be, when when you ask a random person like, does your does your kid read? Usually it's no, but because you love it so much,
3: your what your parents do just kind of transforms what your kids do because they see books. It, it's That's hard, a- I would imagine, for a parent who doesn't read a lot. Mm-hmm who wants their kid to read, to actually get them to read. Yeah, lead by example type of situation. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and that's actually my first piece of
1: advice when people are like, oh, how do you get your kid to love to read so much? Like, he's crazy. And I'm like, you need to start reading. Like, that's not usually the advice they want to hear, but I'm like, anything. It does not have to be a highfalutin book. Mm. Go back and read your favorite middle grade book. Who cares? Go read a comic book. But Mm. your kids are going to emulate what they see you doing. And so, like, the first step is you need to find something you like to read.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I I know that's from... That's on my end. Is my mother loves to read, and so the reason why I grew up reading so much was because of her. She would always read to me, and I would always see her reading. That that was her pastime is reading instead of watching TV for the most part. So, Absolutely. Well, that she did watch Star Trek. So <laughs> watch Star Trek, and then she reads. And so Star Trek what, is what a what do do?
1: viewing.
3: So. Oh, exactly. Uh, I don't think there's any better TV show to learn moral lessons from than star trek the next generation okay You're good i was gonna ask if we're
1: talking about next gen because i was also raised on next gen so
3: oh yeah no that, that oh god that, that was the only excuse that my mother would allow me to stay up past my bedtime was that if i watched next generation with her oh, if cool. i wasn't going to watch next generation i had to go to bed nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. you show me clips from it i have to watch it i can't believe I oh i know yeah. i can't believe you haven't seen it yeah
2: every clip you show me is great but with so with reading and with you having a booktube channel to narrow this back into the pros and cons how was the time commitment been how do you juggle that in your life
1: sucks i don't know i don't it's not a balance <laughs> your,
2: your your best answers are when you just go yep sucks <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> I,
1: it's really hard um and especially because summer just started for my kids and so like My video, Mm. like the essays are just gonna be few and far between this summer because the time just isn't there. Like, this is a hobby. Like, I only get to do this after usually my kids go to bed. Um, So, Mm. it's sucked up a ton of just like my leisure time (laughs) in general. Um, Right. Which is fine. It's been harder too because I started playing Tears of the Kingdom. And so, that's also been an issue personally for me that I need to come overcome.
3: I, I feel the s- same thing. It, Tears of the Kingdom has eaten quite a bit of reading time for me.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. My husband's so tired of me meeting people who play Tears of the Kingdom because then I talk to them about it for like 40 minutes. Isn't it just the best?
3: <laughs> it, I, I think it has to be. It's either my favorite game ever or at the very least top three.
1: It is mind-blowing. I, I, can't,
3: be- I can't believe they took Breath of the Wild which was already a fantastic, great game. And they made it look like a tech demo. Tears of the yep. Kingdom is everything that the first game should have been. I have fun just watching you play the game. That's how fun the game is. I, I absolutely love the, how, how when you, you think you have an original thought in the game. That you yeah. go, oh, I'm being real creative. Mm-hmm. And then you look online and you see everyone else kind of had the same thought. So, <laughs> I I don't know. When you first did, when you first logged into the game, when you're on like the sky island, mm-hmm. did you just build a gigantic uh, bridge out of logs to accomplish your goal? Like 12 logs glued together, and then that's how you beat things?
1: Look, um, so I'm trained as a civil engineer.
3: <laughs> oh.
1: So I, I have probably played like 40 hours of this game and have done nothing but sit there and build garbage. Like, that's all I do. So, yes, I have built everything from the sturdiest thing you can imagine to the most horrible, would-not-pass code, but it does what I need it to personally do. Um, anything you could possibly imagine. This game is, like, crack for me, personally.
2: Are you are you a fan of Minecraft, by chance, then?
1: So, we have not gone into Minecraft, and it's just because I personally... Like, every, every kid is into Minecraft, and I just am like... I don't know. I don't want to get into an online game. Then I feel like it sucks more of your time if you have to like deal with other people.
2: Oh, it's a trap. I love the game so much. See, I, I had to quit. That's the initial thought. Yeah.
3: But for some reason, Tears of the Kingdom is already consumed. Mm. Like 50, <laughs> 60 hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it,
2: there's, also, there's also a conversation to be had about video games now being adapted. Into well, not not just books, but being adapted. Where you had Last of Us most
3: recently. Do you think, I think God of War God is of also War? getting adapted? I think there was some news passing on there.
2: Yeah, I think uh, The Rock is going to be play Kranos. Is that's that's a rumor right that, now? Mm,
3: now, Bookborn maybe. What would you say? Any video game right
2: now? Tears of Kingdom being one of them. So let's say that's off the table. What do you really want to see adapted from the video game genre?
1: I mean, I'm going to have to go with Dragon Age because. Um, Dragon Age has novels, and I've read a few of them. I really loved Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm. Um, and I feel like that has, like, there's so much lore there, and, like, we're trying to do more fantasy. Why not do a Dragon Age movie? Um, that's my vote, to be honest.
2: Rush, do you concur? Or do you want to... I haven't played the game. I was hoping you have, because I haven't. Yeah. I, have to, well, I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. Sorry, just like, Sorry. Just... <laughs> okay. You nah, know, it...
1: I am... Um, They've been adapted for. A while. You know, we had the original Tomb Raiders. Um, I grew up playing Tomb Raider with my dad, so that was kind of exciting when that one came out. I think they can be good, um, although I guess everyone hated the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider adaptation. My dad and I personally loved it, so maybe my expectations. I thought were lower. it was fun. <laughs> it's
3: fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought I thought it was more fun than the new one that came out, like what, 2016, 2017. I really
1: did not like that movie. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it, it,
1: it's such because a Because that's the thing, movie. right? If you're going to adapt a video game, there needs to be a lightheartedness to it. it there yeah. has to be some sort of joy because ultimately video games... Some are, joy.
3: Well, <laughs>
1: and I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, I feel like the other one, it, it took too literally, like there were times in that 2016 adaptation where it looked like a cut scene from a video game. and And that's almost it's it's not catching the vibe I think of successful adaptations which is to take the heart of something and adapt it for its new medium which is anyway that's a mm. whole nother discussion i guess
3: no, right i'm agreeing with you on that mainly cuz i think that applies to almost all adaptations yes mm. the yes. the worst adaptations are where they're trying to just do the same the same feel and the same setting but just worse where the best adaptations <laughs> yes. take a cool idea and put it in a different setting. Right. Like uh, I think my f- my favorite example is always uh, Seven Samurai and then The Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven is a great adaptation because you take an idea from an original story and apply that to a different setting and see how it makes minor changes. Mm. Makes a great adaptation. You look at um, another great adaptation. Wheel Time season
2: one. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I could say that because I've read Eye of the World, but I have not seen Wheel of Time season one. So I was, I am an out observing party. I know that but this was mentioned before we got on the pod here, but Rich is, you could go ahead.
3: You're The first video you oh, saw yeah. of hers, right? Yeah, yeah no, uh, the first, uh, for you guys watching, the first video I ever saw of Bookborns was her breakdown of why season one of the Wheel of Time sucks. And Actually, the
1: word I used was disappointing.
3: <laughs> disappointing sucks worst season of yeah, television, television. Yes. no was it bad. was
1: no rings of power was for sure worse
3: oh agreed. That, that is objective i have true. hey i have not seen wheel
2: of time season one but i guarantee you that's true that was real bad
1: because <laughs> at least and this is what i keep saying at least wheel of time didn't bore me to where i felt like mm. i've been watching this show for 10 hours it says it's been an hour, but I've been here personally, emotionally for 10 hours during this single episode. Oh
3: my goodness. We felt the same way. We only watched the first two episodes and we both looked at each other, do you want to continue? And we Nope, and, and then the we thing decided not that goes too. back to the conversation about doing things for content, we were like, okay, we
2: got to watch the show. We're gonna cover content on it, and then we started watching it. Said no, instead we're gonna talk to
3: Silmarillion, <laughs> and then <laughs> wow. had you read? Yeah, that's, that's oh, yeah, I it went off. Oh god, I'm so glad I read the Silmarillion before watching Rings of Power. <laughs>
1: I'm also glad I wa- I read the Sil- I'd read the Silmarillion right before as well, and um. What's so funny is I think it was after episode six and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I wrote on my community tab and I was like, what do you guys think if I just stop uh, talking about every episode and I will just do like a a final thoughts video? Like, how do you feel? And like 80% of my viewers were like, no, please do an episode by episode. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so what'd you end up doing? I did it because it was like if it was even close if it was even close if it was like 50 50 I would not have done it but it was like overwhelmingly people were like no I want your breakdown of how it's different than the Silmarillion because I haven't read it and I want to know and so I suffered through it and then I was like I am not watching another Rings of Power episode I am I am not even tuning in to season two. Could you could not pay That's me here <laughs> here,
2: but that that is a fascinating conversation to have where you have a big enough audience where it matters for us if our fifty people are going watch this we'll just go no <laughs> well <laughs> we, it
1: wasn't we even not, you know what? a lot here. of people didn't even watch him like it but it was like there's oh, okay. people who have been but like the people who respond to that are the people who are usually the people supporting me the most and right. so mm-hmm. I want to make content that they want um, you know anyway it was. The long story short, I'm not gonna force myself to finish Wheel of Time, I'm done. So if I go to season two Kay. and I'm like, I hate my life, I'm just gonna stop, even if it's like episode two.
2: What if there's a poll that's like 90% of your audience wants oh, you to do it? Oh,
1: I'm not doing a poll.
3: <laughs> we'll do a this
2: poll This is a poll you. of one, yeah. it's a poll, yeah, poll of Yeah, we'll me. put
1: a
3: poll on our channel. How many of you guys <laughs> want down to below. do it episode yeah. by episode break? No, no, poll below, of right? one,
1: poll of yeah. me. Do I want to do it? <laughs> no, end of story. <laughs>
3: Actually, the, one of the most mind-boggling pieces of news that I got from season two is how the, the showrunner was saying how season three will be a lot closer to the books. And hearing that going, wait a minute, season two isn't even out yet. Mm. How do you get further? At one, how do you deviate for two seasons? <laughs> I, I just don't understand that, that you get that feedback and go, yeah, we need to go further away from the books. That's a great
0: idea.
2: And this this does bring up, it loops <sighs> back again into, it's so much easier, if you don't like a show, that's just huge, it's so much easier to just say your dislike for it or your love for it. But then mm-hmm. there's that little part of me when, there's, uh, not, not to be redundant about this, but we'll get sent books, we'll get sent self-published books. If we read it, there will be times where Rich and I, we won't go out there and just say, you might hate something as much as you hate Wheel of time season one. But the fact that someone that's has like a hundred reviews on Goodreads,
3: you'll use that judgment differently. Right, rich. Or what do you think about that in general? But I also just don't, I don't hate poor quality. I may not like, Oh, I don't think this is that well done, but I don't hate that. I hate when something like could have been done well and they have the money, the resources and they ruin something. Good point. That that's worse. Take something great and ruin it is way worse than creating something brand new and it's just not being the best quality. That's a great distinction. But what, what do you think about that?
1: 100% agree. Um, and also I find that it, it is, I have very few books that I really hate. Um, like my one stars, they're pretty rare. Like to get me to mm. really hate a book, you have to do something pretty egregious. And so I totally agree with that. Like, especially self published, like people are putting their heart out, and you can tell how much they're working in it. I'm never gonna hate that. Like, I might not like it, I might not think it's well done, but I'm never gonna Mm. feel like a visceral hatred towards it. Yeah, you're gonna spend what rings of power ended up spending 900 million dollars on that first season. Where? God. I need a line by line. I need a receipt. I I want to know. You know.
3: The fact that the the costumes weren't even that great like I-, I would have expected like fantastic costumes CGI like out the wazoo it, it didn't even look that good other than a couple screenshots like a couple f-
1: I, I like, thought some of the stuff individual looked good I-, I think they had some pretty stunning um, landscape views like cinematically um, when yeah, they were moving but- I think
3: that that was cool, but the actual movement of, like, mm-hmm. the CGI movement and characters and the actual action scenes, I didn't think looked spectacular. I, the, I realize that, that you have, you've only seen two shots.
1: episodes, so you never saw Galadriel on a horse.
3: Oh, was that, was that the best scene of the series?
1: That is the scene. Um, after we're done, I just need you to go <laughs> Google scene. that part. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, see if it changes your mind. Okay,
3: I'll have to take a look this maybe is that will get me to watch the rest of the show
1: you'll be so grateful you didn't finish after watching it but you should at least go watch the scene
3: <laughs> do you do the same with books
2: where you rate shows and movies do you have the same kind of system
1: no because I only talk about adaptations on my channel I don't talk about um, mm. anything else um, and so far it's mm-hmm. other than and or it's been like I hate everything so uh, yeah okay uh, I Man, don't.
3: You're you're right with us because yeah. most most stuff we've watched recently recently been, yeah, it's just not been good. I mean, Show-wise I will say I liked especially. The
1: Last of Us. I just never played the video game, so I didn't really have mm. like I wasn't going to cover that. I did really enjoy it. You know, I enjoyed Stranger Things. That's not an adaptation, oh, so I'm not going to yes. cover it. Um, yeah, I only covered Andor because I felt so strongly and was so sad that no one's watching that TV show.
3: <laughs> uh... We, I think we've been burned by Disney, Star Wars
2: so much. Wait, wait, wait. So much have you guys, wait, wait. Stop, stop everything.
1: Have you guys not watched Andor?
2: No. No? Okay,
1: okay, stop it right now. Okay, here. <laughs> never mind. Don't go and that's watch it. That's what to
2: Ramble, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next episode. No, no. Stop right now. Go watch. No,
1: here's what you have to understand I said I was never going to watch a Star Wars TV show again after Obi Wan because. Oh, that's what we said. It was yes. the worst thing yeah. I've ever experienced in my entire life. Oh, my God, it was
2: terrible. <laughs> And oh, I feel so validated.
1: <laughs> I, I want to cry when I think of how bad that show was. But yes. So if like four episodes True. of Andor were out, I was not watching it because I refused. And I had so many people messaging me that I had to watch Andor that I was mm. like, I will give this one episode. And guys, I feel fanatical about Andor. It is wow. so good. Hmm. It is, you have to watch it. I will, I will give you back somehow your time. I'll make a deal with the Cosmos to give you back your time if you do <laughs> not like it.
3: You know what? A recommendation from you, we will watch the first episode. Especially yeah.
2: because we are the exact same Kenobi.
3: We had a video on our channel early it, on. It, it was, was baff- horrible. It, it was baffling. Like one of the worst television shows I've ever seen. That the writing alone, I had to like, actually pause like, <laughs> i i don't know which one's worse that or rings of power i think kenobi
1: actually kenobi might be worse board.
3: yeah yeah
2: oh i'm in agreement what based on the first two episodes of rings of power so i'm in agreement
3: yeah, yeah it, i still remember the the scene where obi-wan goes into the rebels and the the rebels saying something along the lines of oh we can't help you and then starts monologuing to themselves and to Obi-Wan, and in 30 seconds goes from, we can't help you with, to, all right, we're going to help you. <laughs> he talked himself into helping, <laughs> and it was just this weird uh, monologue. I, I Oh, God, it was so weird. And I love Hayden Christensen,
2: and I love Ewan uh, yeah. McGregor, and it sucks so much, because I, I love them, but it's just such a bad show. Oh. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like they just also stay just off. Broke... We're
2: gonna keep talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just <laughs> they broke so much lore. And yes. the little girl, the chase scene.
0: Oh, <laughs> it was so
1: funny. It was anyway, um, I'll go watch your guys' video on it. I have a video on it too. Um, I wonder if we said the same things, but um yeah, that's probably some of the it worst was... TV.
2: It's very bad. Also, it was very early on in our channel. Don't even bother. Trust it's me, it's a, it's, a, it's a rough one. But I love that you called her little girl, not even Leia. You didn't even give the...
3: Just little girl. Just
2: the, just the girl. <laughs>
1: just and, the guy. And I do feel sorry for her. I don't want to like, poo-poo on a young actress. I think it was just a very no. poor choice. You always age an actress, a child actress up or actor up. Um, so if you're going to have someone pertaining 10 years old, you should have a 12 year old. She was eight at the time of filming. And so I think that also contributed really poorly because they were writing language that a 10 year old would use, but she clearly wasn't that old. Um, and I have an eight year old. And so it was just like Mm. my husband, and I just could not, we would like burst out laughing like at serious parts because it was so stupid.
2: But your eight-year-old, does he have a very good vocabulary because of reading so
1: much? He does, actually. He surprises us a lot with so the things he'll say.
2: <laughs> that, that, the, that's the exception, though, because the general rule is if you're that young, no. Usually well, it's not, it the vocabulary,
1: across, it's not the vocabulary they mm. had the, the child use. It was the confidence of which it was delivered, I think, or, or okay. the reactions. Like, she didn't act... Like even I think a ten year old, but her, she being so little and the way she acted, it just did not come off authentic at all. Um, Because you could, you could say, well, a princess would probably have a good vocabulary, might be more commanding. Like there's some, you know, you can let that slide, but it just wasn't believable in any, any realm of any universe or galaxy far, far away.
2: Is. Is this okay with you if I title this Bookborn Trash's Eight Year Old Kid? Watch now, just whatever we can do for the, the clicks here. I mean, that, I'm that's not what I'm getting at. Sad you, notice about how, it. <laughs> like you notice how Rich altered your words instead of disappointed. He said, sucked. You hated it. Worst thing. It's just, it's what we do here. We, did, you, I, did you guys know that I very specifically
1: um, avoid charged language in my YouTube videos? Did you know? Like, I actually, okay, that's we, like, there's a reason I use the word disappointed and not sex.
2: Okay. Hmm. Oh, do you think? Do you plan that out?
1: I plan it out. Well, you... I, I try very, oh. very hard to usually not use oh. um, inflammatory language. Do you guys know why?
2: <laughs> no, why? why is that?
1: Um, because of all the review bombing recently, I think it gives fandoms a really bad reputation, and it's very frustrating to me. And so, I hope by using more neutral language that I can try to um, influence fandoms to be a little bit more reasonable online so that um, people listen to us. Because the problem is because there's these small subset of fans review bombing and and saying all these terrible things, it gives these showrunners the right to claim that all fans who are disappointed by a show are irrelevant or Mm -hmm. not sane or um, not fair when the vast majority of fans have very valid critiques. And so I try to contribute to more neutral language online in hopes that that could influence how our discourse goes. And so we can be taken more seriously.
3: That's That's a really interesting, that's a, that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. Cause I remember seeing the, um, the the backlash to rings of power and seeing articles and the showrunners talk about how, uh, like the fa- the fandom was just being overly hostile, racist, sexist, and like that's why people, that's why they're getting low reviews, and that's the people who dislike it is the sexist and racists out there. Where you look at majority of the, ma- majority of the YouTube uh, people covering Rings of Power, for the most part, it's they're going against the lore. That that's really it. That's and the boring, why they don't like b- Boring's the other part. I don't even right? think, like, for me, it wasn't yes. even against
1: the lore because I knew they couldn't use the lore anyway. They didn't have the right to the Silmarillion. But it was like, at least mm-hmm. make an interesting made-up story.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. For the most part, it's... doing uh, Following the lore is a way to get your fans on your side in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, if they did not, you, you'll still get the audience there. If you made it good. Yep. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. when Lord of the Rings first came out, you had uh, people go and say, hey, it's actually, hey, this is going against the books. This is kind of going against the Lord. But ultimately, the Lord of the Rings movies were so good that, you know, pos- the public opinions shifted to that side and the fans kind of acquiesced. Oh, yeah. And it helped you fans accept it. Better. It helped
1: fans yeah. go, oh, this is yeah. good. Um Yes. And you just haven't seen that for Wheel of Time or Rings of Power. There's there's no shift there yet anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I to go back to what you said previously, it was very frustrating because um, the same thing happened with Wheel of Time. Like, oh, it's just the uber fans who couldn't handle any changes. It's just people who are racist. Now, there were a lot of racist people. It's shocking. Um, and so I'm not denying that. But I, I find that there the were internet. so many oh, wow. valid critiques against the show um, that get ignored mm-hmm. because... They just can point to the few people who are using really inflammatory language, and it's very frustrating um, to just feel like you have to yell on the internet to be heard. Um, oh my who god, who god I feel so I aren't. feel
2: so I feel so called out from our last episode. Our last episode intro was Rich and I fighting, going, "I hate your mom, <laughs> I hate you, Austin." Like we had a whole skit going out, and it, like we kind of played into it a little bit, but most of our <laughs> reviews we will, we, we don't say disappointed, we say awful. <laughs> so we, maybe we have to, don't count. Nah, No, now nah, no, we no. need the I don't think there's
1: anything wrong with it. I'm just explaining <laughs> um, why I do it. And here's the thing, you guys will probably be way more successful. Um, the videos that are like Wheel of Time sucked, they did way mm. better than my Wheel of Time video. Um, this is again where like my own stubborn personality um, comes mm. in, where I just like stubbornly refuse to do something not my way. So, it's not a great trick. You
2: definitely, well, you definitely look at it more methodically and think and plan it through. Our reviews are more, we, you know, we have all of our thoughts. And since there's two of us here, it kind of bounced back and forth.
3: It just gets more passionate and we're just going, yeah, I really, if we really love something. That is true. I'm not passionate particularly about what I, what I dislike in some book or movie. It's that I'm passionate about my disagreement with Austin. Yes, that's what it is. (laughs) That is. It's exactly (laughs) even though our our ratings for a book may only be like a point difference. Like I rate it a seven, and Austin rates it an eight out of ten. We'll start like I'll start getting even more and more entrenched into and start using more big uh inflammatory language and it's a point difference it's the just book's not
2: disagree. awful you're
1: awful just, exactly
2: yeah <laughs> as
3: he goes into that and that's where okay this
2: is i can this is totally where.
1: see how having another person would do that because i think i would do the same yeah. thing
2: <laughs> see it's just it's just how it works and that this is the most important topic that we're you're ever going to discuss on any channel ever rating systems okay I need to ask you specifically about your rating system. Now, I'm, I'm sure you're unfamiliar with ours. We are psychopaths. I, I I mean this. Like, our rating system is complex. Like, I th- it's kind of simple, okay. but... Complex.
3: It's, it's five scores average. It's
2: five scores, but every time someone looks at our ratings, like, we will rate something. I kid you not, like a 6.52. Some of our ratings come out to like that. So, it may be, you know, may not be the most inviting rating system, but how do you decide for you? One star, two star, five stars. What do you do... And what are just and then we'll talk about our messed up way.
1: I kind of am interested because a lot of people do have those really intense ratings. And what's so funny is like for how intense I am about like research and how I script my videos and all that stuff, ratings is like pure vibe checks for me. It's like, mm. how do I feel? What what does my heart say? <laughs> <laughs> That's my rating system. Oh. <laughs> One to five, I'll give half stars, nothing less than a half star. Um in terms of like, I don't do point a quarter stars or whatever. Um, and that's it. It's literally vibes. Like people will be like, you loved that book and you gave it a 4.5. And I'll be like, yeah. Cause there was like two chapters I really didn't like. So my heart tells me oh. I can't give it a five. And then there'll be like a book that I rate five stars that technically had weird dumb stuff in it, but I don't care. Cause my heart told me it should be a five.
2: That, that's wow, that's
3: that the opposite of ours. That is
2: like we we do not get along on this.
3: <laughs> Actually, one of our categories is emotional impact. Yeah. So, so a, a quick explanation of how we do it is we have five categories: uh, going emotional impact, characters, plot, dialogue and prose, and then world building slash magic. Yeah. I feel about. like that's yeah, pretty
1: yeah. normal. I probably would have guessed all of them. Like I've seen that kind of rating a lot. Like people break it down.
3: Okay. Yeah, and so we rate that out of 10. I personally only go to the point two five, so I, I don't go to the hundredth, but that's what Austin does. But, you know, give it, it gives something a 6.25, and always keeping in mind that a 5 is an average. 5 is not good, it's not bad, it's just that it 5 should be the average. Mm-hmm. And so then all we do is I look through my other scores and say... Did, was I more emotionally invested in this book than, let's say, a book I rated previously, and it, that helps me zero in where I would put the book. Like, I put it in between Red Rising and I, um, the World, something like that. And now, based on what Rich just said, there, Bookboard, do you think
2: would you think he is the more critical one or less between us two? Who would you think is more critical?
1: I think he's more critical than you are.
2: Yep, correct. correct. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Very obvious. You could, hear, like, you could hear the pretentiousness in his voice. <laughs> just, no, no, I don't like pretension. Um,
1: <laughs> I think it actually had more to do with the idea that you said that he has read more fantasy and sci-fi than you have before this yeah. talk. And how you're catching up with that. And I feel like I have gotten more critical the more I've read. Um, so that mm. yeah. was my guess.
2: Also, you have to listen. This is our channel. You can use provocative words like pretentious. Don't be afraid. Okay, this is it's it's too to ramble. Use the all those. The problem is, is dirty words. I'm
1: sort of pretentious sometimes. So I definitely yeah. want to be careful about calling someone else pretentious. It's like the kettle calling uh, the pot black. You know. Yeah.
3: yeah. See that that's the nice thing is I call myself pretentious, and so I'm I'm free to call whoever else I think pretentious because because right. I'm including myself in it. I know Fair. who I am. That's right.
1: <laughs> the the, the thing ever, that I have a hard time with that is like, so there are authors I can think of that are weaker in world building, but I love everything else about it. Or authors that are weaker in prose, and I love everything else. So does that mean that those books can't ever get a perfect rating from you?
3: Yeah, in general, that's well. here's there's there's several books where I feel bad because mm-hmm. the score it feels lower than I want it to be.
1: That's what I'm saying. Vibe check. You just do a, you do it from your heart.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation
0: may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate.
2: Bookborne, here's the thing in our defense are you okay I'm getting passionate let's go so <laughs> the the dream is when we have a website with the two to ramble rating system the Rambler rating we're gonna TM I'm, it I'm now trying we,
3: to learn how to code to actually get this done but we, we can't afford to exactly. hire a website developer
2: yeah, but, <laughs> uh, are you a coder you know anybody just let us know please we need we need content. I mean I did but work we, I,
1: I can code my husband's a software engineer but we're too busy with our stuff so we can't help you I'm sorry
3: oh okay Dang. <laughs> but, it's not but hard to learn though
1: <laughs> there's like a lot yeah, of yeah it's just
3: slow i i'm i'm going on udemy courses i'm learning next js and mm-hmm. tailwind and all that yeah, you so got it eventually
2: yeah well we'll get it up one day and when it does the the dream is so in, in the categories if you're more a vibe person when you rate a book you look at all the emotional impact category. So we're gonna have it. So each mm. category is kind of broken down to where you can go find a book. Like, oh, where does the world building ten out of ten? Where's the prose perfect? Where is this perfect? And you know, it's not is for it everybody. But subjective yeah.
1: because your idea is, yeah. of good prose or good world building may be very different from my ideas of those things.
3: That's all ratings. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You're yeah. trying to take a subjective idea and yeah. add a. You're, trying, you're to take trying to
1: put objectivity a, into it, it, but fit, it an, it's a losing exactly. game. There will never be objectivity.
3: But we're going to sell put, you on you're this. You're trying to put subject <laughs> subjective feelings into an objective framework. That's what you're, that's what ultimately well, you're trying
2: to But for hear me out. When you you read so many books in your year. You read so many books. You don't know you're going to that. Back,
1: you don't know how much I read. I never tell anyone my number. <laughs> All right. like maybe only read 10 <laughs> books read, a year. <laughs>
2: More than (laughs) me still. Okay, you read more books than me in a year.
1: I'm just kidding. I I feel like I read a lot. I just don't read as much as other people on this dumb platform.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why? Our dumb platforms. (laughs) So let's say you go back 2018. There's a book you read you only read it once and you look back and you're like, man, what did I think of that book? Well, with the Rambler rating system, you can look at the category breakdown and be like, oh, I love that aspect more. And that's why I like this book. And maybe your notes would help and you go, okay, I really like the world, but I didn't like the characters as much. And then your memory will start rejogging. And it finds after but like, I just book, remember.
1: Like, If I go back and look at a book, I'll remember what I liked and disliked about it
2: flaunting your better Yeah. okay you're perfect we're dumb (laughs) whatever
1: I won't remember (laughs) details but I'd remember the big picture like I liked characters or I liked world building or it had emotional impact like those are very big picture things I could remember even if I didn't remember the details
3: but don't you ever get don't you ever get someone that comes up to you and goes hey which which wheel of time book is better the the fourth or the second book. And you I want mean, to know exactly how much better. that's not because I read better. those in
1: like a six-month period. And for all I know, it's like one book.
3: And that's my point. The Rambler Rating
1: System. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you can go and look. <laughs> if I was rating books at the time I read Wheel of Time, because I only have them on my Excel document and I wasn't rating books because I wasn't on anything. But like my rating would just tell me. So like if a book was a three-star versus a four-star, I'd be like, okay, I liked book four better.
3: What if they're both four-star? But what
1: then if one aspect the had
3: a certain aspect was better in that story and you want to go you want to zero in like hey what exactly about this book really pushed it above the rest? Hmm. you want to, you want to zero in like, oh man, uh, book four, book seven, and book 13 really had the best world building of the series. And you can articulate exactly why that one book is better than the rest. There's a reason this pod works. Nobody else agrees with us, but it's, no,
2: it's so No, I'm not much-
1: disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. I am simply challenging your perceptions. I think it's a very oh, okay. useful system. I'm just saying that the idea of making something objective is just always a losing battle when it comes to art.
2: Oh yeah, it's not objective.
1: Like even within ourselves. So okay, like not. the perfect example is when I told you guys about two st- I had two books in mind. Sort of Kaigen. Yeah. I love that book. It was one of my top five books of the year I read it. I gave it a 4.5 mm. because I thought that the chapter at the end shouldn't have been there. And yep. there was some stuff that shouldn't have been there. So I dropped a half star for it. But then um, Death's End, which is the third book in the Three Body Trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. That book had a bunch of weird stuff in it that I didn't really like. But when I got to the end of the book, it blew my mind so much. that so I just didn't even care. And I gave it five stars. And technically I think sort of kickin made less mistakes but the heart told me that that' end was five stars so yeah
2: and our emotional impact told us that it was so
1: the point <laughs> be, like it was a five star book okay so right, um right. I think like even if I had broken it down like I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted to give it a lower rating so that rating system couldn't work for me because I just like I can't be objective about it I guess but I, say, I think it'd be very bi- useful to your followers.
3: The biggest flaw to our system, and this is what comes across, and it's more a technological problem, like we can't really do this with Excel, or we could, but it would complicate it beyond uh, beyond Use. what we can yeah. do, is it some books emphasize certain aspects and are more important. There are some books where the characters are not particularly important. Right. It is more of an insert, and you're supposed to look at the... Plot and kind of a self-insert. character
2: That's why. Book. Like,
1: have you ever given a, a ten kid. out of ten with your system? Because I feel like it'd be almost impossible. I can only think of like one book. Maybe I would have given a ten out of ten with your system.
2: I did give a ten out
3: of ten recently. To what? Don't listen to him. He he's delusional. He I'm not read delusional.
2: Enough. It is perfect. Golden Sun, baby. Golden Sun. Oh, oh it, yeah, what was that? No. What, what was that reaction? Oh my goodness.
3: <laughs> we're we're allies on this one. I. Look, Red Rising is really good. I I like, I like the series. It's It's a great, great series. It's wonderful. Perfection. Oh yeah. Ten out of ten. Yes, sir. Lord of the Rings, I think is a good con. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, this godly book, you know, it changed fantasy forever. Yes. Is an industry standard. Yes. Red Rising is the same. I think you can have two five
2: stars. Going back to book board system here, you can have two things to be amazing. What I think are your I need thoughts? to
1: sign off this chat um, before we <laughs> talk about it. I'm just kidding. Um, what I was thinking is like, though. Here's the thing: like mm-hmm. the trouble with peace. Gosh, that was literally five stars every page for me. Like, I cannot believe like mm-hmm. Joe Abercrombie wrote everything. I think to just write the trouble with peace, such a good book. Um, but the first law has no world building. It's very low magic. The world building—it's not the point of the book. So, like, I've read this incredible, mm-hmm. mind-blowing, five out of five stars every page. Like, wow, the characters work is better than it's ever been. But first law doesn't have a lot of world building, so like, it just—it doesn't get ten out of ten.
2: Well, that would be the case where with with the system, we you can organize it so you wouldn't look at the world building category. But for you, it would be more emotional impact. Or so but your rating, actual rating, but the of, rating
1: would not be but, ten out of ten
3: right well, the ultimately, here, here's the mm. question is the best book that can be written have all of those right? have every single category 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. ultimately I that, mean, that's i think we the just question. get apparently golden sun book?
1: which don't look at my I skeptical know. face it's, but, oh my god
2: it's perfection it's so beautiful
3: uh, okay but we're i uh, have to ask the question have you read <laughs> the red rising trilogy and continuation series
1: I read two Red Risings and DNF'd after that, like the series. I didn't DNF a book, but I read the first two and I was like, eh.
2: You finished Golden Sun and stopped?
1: Oh, is Golden Sun the second one?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Then even more so, you gave Golden Sun a 10 out of 10? I thought Golden Sun oh was the third one. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. Were had,
2: we, you know what? I was gonna say, I was actually enjoying your company at one point in this podcast. Like seriously, I was, I was gonna walk, I was going to walk away and say, you know what? She's a decent Upstanding citizen. That's what Golden I was going Sun. to say.
1: <laughs> Golden Sun. Yes! Ten out of ten. Yes. Please. I,
3: I gave it a. Please. I really liked it. I really. So here's the thing. I, I didn't give it ten. I think I hill. gave it an eight something in here. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought very good. I know what he was going for. Really liked it. Yeah.
1: Here's the thing. But idea. it's not the it best was, that ever been. It ever's was a been. soft oh. series, DNF. It wasn't that I hated Golden Sun. I just it was one of those things. I was like, well, I'll eventually pick up the third book, and then you just never do. I don't know if you've ever done that. But like, so it wasn't like right. I was like, I hated Golden Sun. But Golden Sun, I mean, it was fine. Oh, oh my. Like <laughs> a 3.5 out we of we 5 probably. Topics. It's been I, years since I, I've read it. But like a 10 out of 10, that book. Like, what did you get? Like, so Lord of the Rings, was Lord of the Rings not even 10 out of 10?
2: Lord of the Rings is also perfect. It's just,
1: they're for so different reasons. So I see Lord I, of the I Rings kept... and Golden Sun on the same platform. <laughs> I got it. World-building pros. Golden
3: Sun's pros. It's amazing. 10 out of 10. It's okay. Now, here's here's where I disagree
2: with the normal person here. I think (laughs) I look at this, like, using films as an example. I think an animated film and a live-action film can both have 10 out of 10s. Where a simple story like Wall-E that doesn't have the aim that No Country for Old Men's going for, or a black and white film versus a colored film, whereas one film literally doesn't have color. One does. They yes, are going what for you'd entirely... be describing
1: is rating things on a different scale, which means it's subjective, which means if this was just a vibe check rating, then I would not be questioning your 10 out of 10 on Golden Sun. But you've just used the last 20 minutes to explain to me your very official rating system.
2: But hold on, you listen to Richard's explanation of the rating system. <laughs> it's the he, same rating he, system. No, no, but, if it's I won't even <laughs> question it. Here no 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 here's where the difference goes with the objective he thinks we're creating objectivity. I know it's objective. So when I look at prose, hold on, when I look at prose for a book and I'm looking at Golden Sun, I'm not looking at it as in is this more beautiful than Tolkien? I'm looking at Golden Song going, is this as perfect as it can be for what Pierce Brown's going for, and he does it flawlessly. First person, present tense, gripping, love the lines, and Tolkien's also perfect. That's but my rating And But then doesn't the day, it ruin I'm the saying. whole idea
1: of your rating system, which is supposed to be that you can compare if something is world building yes. heavy or not, or prose heavy or not? Because I thought the whole yes, point was that it was more no. of a simple set standard so that your ratings might be lower overall, but that it would be set across books.
3: Well, you completely get it. I, exactly. Well, no, th- this is where we're different
2: than when it's the rating. So for me, it's, it's still subjective. So when I'm looking at prose, two things can be 10 out of 10 with prose. You can have the more descriptive nature of Tolkien, or you could have the more plot-focused, action-heavy, quick, quick-witted quick lines
3: of Golden, Golden Sun does. It, it honestly pains me to compare Pierce Brown's Golden Sun to Tolkien's writing. That pains me. Well, here's the thing. Tolkien's writing They're is- They're going for different s- things. No, it's not even close. So
1: there needs to be like an asterisk. <laughs> there needs to be some um, fine print that your guys' ratings are not, system is not the same.
2: Apparently, Apparently though, we just found out this this is a fundamental difference here. I don't see how you can, you can't just compare Tolkien Pros to Golden Sun. It's yes, like, yes I can. That's exactly what I'm doing. That's that's not what I mean. What I mean is they're going for different things. I'm, I'm looking at an animated film and I'm going, okay, an animated film aimed toward the more kids audience looking for that. I'm not judging that like I judge Schindler's List. Schindler's List can be and 10 to 10 and so completely. Oh, yeah. that
1: the point of your system is that you would be doing that.
2: No, that's Richard's explanation.
1: But aren't you guys two to ramble? Isn't this like your combined system? Weren't you just talking to me about a website where this would be the thing?
2: Bookborne, we're going to have a long argument after we get off of this. Thanks for causing, thanks for ruining our night, okay?
1: This is- I'm sorry to create um, what's it, like domestic, domestic troubles. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh no, we, we live off of our minor differences that's, that's what fuels us It does, and it's man. <laughs> but no, it, ah god it, Here's the thing is I was in his shoes mm. over a year ago When Stormlight Archive was the very first big fantasy series I read Since I was reading when I was much younger mm. And so that was my first book back into reading and I remember giving, when I first read it, words of word, words of radiance. I think a t- like a ten out of ten. Deserved. Since then, I have lowered the score because I've I've read more. I'm going like, okay, look. With more that you've read, you kind of have to shift your average and now, figure like an out eight? what's better.
1: I mean, and, and that's, that's an interesting yeah, thing. I, so. I, I like to honor my past self because I definitely think there are books that at the time I read them are five out of five and no longer would be if I had read them today. But I think it's okay to honor mm-hmm. your past self. And I was like, yeah, that blew my mind when I read it five years ago. Um, and I think that's okay, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, I was saying a Sanderson could probably never get a 10 out of 10 on your system. I guess only half system because we're clearly not on the same page here because I will say for my system, <laughs> never get a, a 10 out. It.
3: Yeah. It, it's here's the thing. As time goes on, I adjust to less than less and less it get from, for my kind of rating scale. And I look at kind of a matrix of, so I have a matrix that goes from 10 to one that adds in like, Hey, what's my emotional, emotional impact. 10 score and it has a, an example book that i rated a 10 in that category all the way to 1 and so i use that as to dial in my rating and so as time goes on that that has been getting better and better where i don't have to adjust anymore that mm. i'm i feel confident to be able to say okay this book is in between these two or this book makes has i think the same Quality of characterization as this other book, and I had to adjust less and less. However, with Wheel of Time, I rated those kind of at an odd time, and so now I'm going through a read through and readjusting awesome, scores on a read. Yeah,
1: but a reread. I see. I never rate a reread, which is mm. one of my things because I feel like I can't. I have such a different opinion of things on a reread. If I'm rereading it, I already liked it right. enough to reread, and things feel so different.
3: Yeah, it, it's it's difficult. But it's something of trying to think of how how did this how did this author handle these characters? And have have they handled it better than another another author or another series. However, with Wheel of Time specifically, the challenge comes from it being such a long series. Mm-hmm. I think of it as one story. The reason why I don't I don't even consider the slog a thing is because I read the book so quickly. All through yes. through basically one sitting. I didn't feel a slog. Mm. That, I definitely really felt the thing a slog, but
1: it. it felt way less because I also read them back to back. Because before BookTube, I read mm-hmm. the, I would sit down and read series back to back pretty quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, that does feel I, differently, I, I feel like, if you're not taking breaks.
3: Yeah, I, I only felt that like one book was a little slow. I was like, oh, this storyline did not need to be books. Crossroads of Twilight? Yeah, that was it. Where I was like, eh, this what didn't book is need that? to be two books. What book number 10? is that? That was the 10? only moment of like slog that I felt.
2: Okay, because I'm on book two now. I'm making my way through. Or was, was it book nine? Wait, know,
1: wait, is that so. nine or ten?
3: I think it. Mm,
1: Winter's think Heart it's is 10. nine, I think, and Crossroads of Twilight is ten. Yeah.
3: Then Gathering Storm is eleven. Then yeah, Towers
1: of Midnight and then um, yeah.
3: Towers of Midnight. Then Memories of Yeah, because it's, um, it's a it's a repeat
1: of the previous book from different perspectives, so it feels long. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Is that one of your favorite series? Wheel Time.
1: Um, it's always gonna have a place in my heart. So yes, uh, it was awesome. What I read to um, that was my shift from YA to adult fantasy. It was the first adult fantasy I had read. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and I literally like never went back to YA after I read that. I don't know, geez, 14 years ago or something.
2: You know, then fair enough because Red Rising does have that more YA prose kind of style. So I could see, mm-hmm. I, I could see how that could not land.
1: When I, when I, I just found out very recently how young he was when he wrote that. And it actually made me want to, oh, yeah. you know, try the series again. Cause understanding how young he was, it kind of put into context some of the things I struggled with in that series character wise mm, mm. and prose wise um and i think i'd be a little less harsh on it now um if i were to read it. i mean again i did not hate those books it was just kind of something i just ended up never getting around to the third book
2: right just compared to me giving it a 10 out of 10 you're like what yeah well <laughs> kind of, i still same um, thing with
3: me poppy with that, war but... it's exactly. kind of the same thing with i read poppy war and i didn't think it, it's a not a bad book it's just one of the things i've just haven't picked up the second book. Just wasn't interested enough to continue on. And, and I will say, I think I figured it out during this conversation. What the big difference is, I uh, and to finish up this rating
2: with you, Bookborn. But when I'm rating something, I also look at the intent of what it's going for.
1: Does oh, I totally sense? understand how you're rating. I'm just saying the way you rate is very differently than the system you described to me. You are so much like closer to I... vibe checking than you are, than you realize. Is all I'm saying
2: i think yeah i think just, i oh uh-huh. here's the thing I, I think i judge the intent and vibe check the category by category get what i mean whereas you
3: at that point just just do a vibe score
1: but that's what i do Why too are right are because <laughs> that would be like my, my trouble with peace it'd be like well yeah. it's not crazy world building but it doesn't matter because the whole point of first law is that it's a world where magic is leaving and industry is taking over so in that regard mm-hmm. abercrombie nails what he's attempting to do so world building five out of five but if I was trying to be objective mm-hmm. about it, I would never tell someone to go to the first law for its world building. Yeah,
3: that, that's yeah. kind of exactly so it. So that's I, the difference, I, don't I think, think, between the your two is...
1: uses of the rating is all yeah. I'm saying.
3: Yeah. it makes sense. Completely.
2: Yeah.
1: So you just got to write that physically on the website is all I'm saying.
2: <laughs> now, here's the thing is now, now it makes imprint. sense. Why all the. Com- <laughs> I think you just brought us through a therapy session. Just, like, I don't think we've ever
3: talked out what we think of our own rating system after two years. Oh no, we have and it we argued and then we decided to not bring it up. Oh again. yeah, we probably had like one conversation.
1: You just needed a mediator. I'm here to mediate the conflict. Mm-hmm
2: can we talk about other things it's like you know I've been having difficulty in life like sometimes looking down and just...
1: we're hoping for a win-win-win situation do you guys know that reference
2: yeah a win-win-win where, where we all win oh god
3: I'm trying to remember the, the movie what?
2: is this oh, a movie we
1: can see if people in the comments know that one a win-win-win-win Don't situation <laughs> well yeah, it, I would have won below, for you're successfully the here, mediating the down conflict below,
2: win-win-win. yes yes <laughs> so what we've learned today then is we we got a lot to work on and you just you know one star five star whatever it's just uh, what we're feeling and maybe I'm more similar to other
3: ratings than I thought no the thing is we found out that you were more similar Mm. to Bookborn here your rating system and style is more similar to hers other than
1: giving Golden Sun a 10 out of 10 we're more similar in the way we go about rating things
3: that
2: is it's by the way your reaction was disgusting Okay, like that was I, I wish means our camera had to turn off on your end so you can't see us right now, but oh, when you see the video, oh, that was awful man what a what a an enlightening time here this is This just worked
3: great. Well, I wanted to put it off to you as well. Do you have any kind of questions that you wanted to ask us just kind of through the conversation or? we're kind of new to booktube itself of what what we're feeling. I'm just, we've been asking you a bunch of questions. Wanted to throw it to you.
1: I did have a few actually. My biggest question was from a while ago was just, um, how do you feel like the process of making a video changes with two people? Like, do you ever have the problem where like one person's ready to record or like loves an idea and the other person doesn't like you guys are, how equal are you guys in that process? Uh,
3: we both have, kind of a veto process if we're Mm -hmm. both not on board then it doesn't go through but in regards to ideas it yeah like is it more motivating to
1: to have someone else forcing you to do it
3: oh definitely definitely when uh Austin kind of when he has an idea for a video and I agree to it but it's not my idea I'm not as motivated I'm not as interested but I agree that it's a good idea the fact that we now are doing it will get me motivated to actually research and mm-hmm. put more time into it. And the fact that he's interested in something means that there's probably something there. Mm-hmm. And so that I should try and find it. It also does help that, well, it does two
2: things. One, we are, as much as our arguments are literally over the most minor things. Like we make full podcast episodes out of the tiniest differences. We generally are the same believe it or not from our from our public yeah. appearance we agree on so many things like even book interests we we agree on a lot but we focus on things we disagree because that's more fun so more and when it comes to video ideas, yeah and and on video ideas like 99% of the time it's just yeah we're on the same page we try it out and usually the ones that don't work are where eh, that that i would you know not feeling it or what's the good what's a good grab i don't think that will grab
3: an audience either we sort of it also becomes a little difficult because mm. There are plenty of really good video ideas that would make a good video essay or a very good, like yeah. presentation, but it doesn't really work for a conversation between the two of us. And so you ultimately, You want to send those ones my our... way then? Oh yeah, we'll, we'll send you a picture <laughs> of our board. Yeah, we got plenty of those. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah no, that's a that's but, a good point. You have yeah. to, It has to be something that there can be a conversation about.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- there's been plenty of times where. I would love to talk about a bunch of different books. However, Austin here has not read the book yet. And so, and Mm -hmm. I know he doesn't like spoilers, especially the books he wants to read. And so I can't really talk spoilers about a book with him here. So we'll try and do a spoiler-free pitch. Well, we've been trying those or, yeah, it it just makes it a little bit more difficult, but I think it gives our videos kind of a unique spin that you don't see very often in Booktube. And
2: it also helps that, I mean, even starting the channel in the first place, it's one, motivation is one thing. You go, you buy the, equip, the equipment. I know bookworm, with your story, you were a blogger, right, back in the day, and then you always wanted to make a channel. No, Eventually, I was
1: never a blogger. Oh, I, I, I had that completely I wanted to then. be a blogger and then realized that oh. blogging was dead by the time I got around to it. <laughs>
2: Got it. So, Well, you you always wanted to be, but you never did it. You were like, ah, I'm motivated to do it, but then one day you just did it, right? You yeah. decided, okay, I'm going to make a YouTube, I'm going to do this. For us, it was a lot easier to start because, okay, we bought the equipment and now we rely on the other person. Like, okay, you can't just stop <laughs> because there, there's another person relying on you, so it's easier to keep the momentum going, whereas if, if this was just one of us, People would probably stop, especially, I mean, if it was Richard on a channel alone, oh my God, it would do awful. Like imagine, imagine Rich just there alone doing, but <laughs> it does help that it's both of us because yeah. you motivate me and it's more disciplined to come on well, and do a whole thing.
3: Even if a video doesn't do well, I can look back at it as like, hey, that was a really fun conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so even if it doesn't, a video doesn't do particularly well, I still had fun. Oh yeah. Versus it's kind of hard if
1: you do to do How long, when was your first video do posted? Well.
2: March of 2022.
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: So just a little over so, a year. A year and a few months.
3: Yes. Just a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Our first video was on the Way of Kings. It was. yes, Way of Kings.
1: Number one thing you've learned in a year.
3: <sighs> well, in all honesty, the, the correct answer is you never stop learning. There, there's yeah. at no point where things are
2: you just don't think solid.
1: there's a biggest thing you've learned though some things are bigger than others
2: wow so first you have us fight then you have us make up and then you have wow Sorry. This we've, is, we've had so many tech,
3: <laughs> I can give a lot of advice on like technical issues oh. for starting a YouTube channel
1: you guys have never had technical a... issues though oh yeah <laughs> never not
3: once ever uh... <laughs> Content-wise, I would say the the best thing is don't try and force something just because you see other people doing a video on it and you think you should. And when you try and force yourself to cover content, it just generally won't come across authentic and it won't come out well. <laughs> so, so we've tried forcing ourselves to uh, review shows that we don't particularly – not that we even dislike it. We're just not interested and it comes out poorly and it's a waste of everyone's time.
4: Mm, that's So
3: that's I would say one. actually don't force yourself to do content that you you're just doing it because everyone else is.
2: That's a great point. I'd say for me it is and this is the most valuable, I think, life skill it gave. It might not look like it, but compared to our first videos, I'm able to construct a sentence better. I mean, I am I'm still have a lot to learn, a lot to grow, mm-hmm. but my ability to talk to a camera or to you or to carry on something and ask questions and have more active listening is a lot better because usually in conversation, we've talked about this as well off camera, it's a lot easier to just say what you want to say. And I still stumble into that even on the podcast all the time. It keeps you more attentive. Hey, there's other people Bookborns here we can't keep talking about the rating system together the whole time i did i think we fall into that trap again but usually i'm better it. about it <laughs> so that's the number one thing it's just the talking and more active listening trying to get all that narrowed down and i can't wait to see a year from now it'll be hopefully better so
1: that's for yeah and it's interesting you say that because i think i vaguely knew that you needed camera skills but i didn't really think much of it. Like, I'm a decent public speaker, mm. so I, I wasn't worried. And then you get in front of the camera and you're like, wow, I just filmed the whole video and wasn't looking into the lens the entire time. Um, which is a little different for you guys since you right. talk to each other. But there's all these things you learn um, about how to be on camera. It's very interesting.
2: Yeah, how was that for the first time? Because for us, it's it was more natural to, hey, we're talking to each other and there's a camera. For you and many YouTubers, but you're just looking at the camera, Having a conversation with yourself was that weird at first?
1: Yeah, I mean, do you, don't go watch my first videos. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> They're still up there, and the yeah. worst part is like my first video has a, randomly a lot of views because it was a Sanderson video, and I'm like, how are any how is anybody getting through this video? Like, right? I I, <laughs> I can't watch it. I mean, I don't even want to know. I refuse. I'm never gonna go rewatch any video, pretty much I've ever produced. Um, do you, well, Actually, is it easier if you have another mm. person or do you just also hate the sound of your voice and everything you say and do when you rewatch a video?
3: Oh, we totally do. I, Though you get, you get over it with time.
2: I think especially with editing the videos and listening to the videos over and over again every episode, I finally got used to it to where I, I definitely hated my voice first six months, for sure. And now I'm just used to it. Also,
3: I th- correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm not sure. But I think there is a component of when you talk with your own voice, you he- your ears are hearing your own voice, not just through the sound waves, but also the vibrations that you actually feel in your bone when you talk. Mm-hmm. You hear your voice typically like a little bit lower than what other people hear. And so when you hear your voice on camera or on audio, it sounds different than how you hear yourself but it's only slightly different. And that causes you to think that it's off and wrong somehow. It's like the uncanny valley, but of audio. I believe that's a reason why almost everyone hates their so, own voice. Sounds recording. right. Yeah.
1: Okay. I am I mean, going to have to go research that now.
3: Yeah. It, you know, it, it sounds accurate.
2: I th- I, oh, I think you told me that though. So my, yeah. my, my sources. <laughs> oh wait. So my source is you. So I don't know if that's hundred percent, but why that makes sense. Do
1: we hate our own voices on film? I'll, I'll keep that oh, up you for a later. Fast typer.
2: Did you, did you have, <laughs> hear how fast that typing was? Oh, I
1: actually, that is one of a random skill I have. I actually am an extremely fast typer. Um,
2: What's your words per minute?
1: Um, I don't know. For a while, it was like 120. Oh,
2: okay.
4: Damn. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I don't know if fast. I'm still that fast since <laughs> I'm not in 20. school, but yeah, I can, I can type really quick. Yeah. Um, it looks like uh, the great. research is showing that it is what you said. Nice. Yeah, so no, it's our not, not anatomy. It's like our anatomy of our skull. And so like the way we hear a voice versus the way we hear it on film gives us a cognitive dissonance.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. They actually make bone conductive headphones where the, the headphones actually sit behind your ear and vibrate. And it vibrates the bone behind there. And so yeah, you're I've not hearing this. through your ear, but you're hearing through the vibrations of your skull. That, and so... Yeah. It's a lot of construction workers you use it. But Yeah,
1: I, I've yeah. only used them once and it was when I was um that's what they use when you climb the um Sydney Bridge so you can hear the leader's voice over the sound of the traffic. They use those ones. It's a weird experience.
2: Interesting. So when it comes to that then, so Rich's whole spiel that was correct, that that was factual. We kind of take the well, stance let's not say factual
1: because we didn't look at like the actual studies. Okay. <laughs> but it seems yes, like the hypothesis the headline is correct. of
2: the article. that well that's my point is that we take the stance on all of our videos we you know we take we are jokes and we don't take everything we say with it's not factual with your videos. I get more of the presence of you research them and you have more of an authority on what's right. Do you take more responsibility of hey, what you're saying on these videos? Is not, I mean you have your opinions, but you're you usually bring up studies. You bring up things that we wouldn't bring up here. We just bring up opinions all the time. You typically have more of a foundation, so you hold yourself to that responsibility.
1: I mean, I don't. I don't think it makes my opinion any better necessarily. I think it's just a different viewpoint. Um, I have just always been fascinated right. by research and numbers and data, and that is just something that informs my worldview. Now, depending on the topic that might make it more informed. Like if it's something that where that's like a useful thing. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the thing is, is i so I did a lot of uh, statistics in college. It, it wasn't my main degree. I just really fell in love with statistics. So I taught it while I was in college and um, kind of had it as an emphasis for my graduate degree. And the thing about statistics, like what, what you learn in statistics is like, you, numbers can't tell you everything. Like the research, as fascinating as research is, there's always issues with it. Um, especially depending on how data was collected, um, which is why I always just like really encourage people to take a basic stats class. It will really teach you a lot about um, research that you might read because you really need to read like how was this collected, when was it collected, how many people was it collected, how did they get their their sample? Um, because that's right. going to influence. Um, you know, and the perfect example um, is the video you guys made in response to my spoiler video, because. Hey. When you look at the sample of people they collected, for example, it was more women than men, which can influence something. It was like you guys brought up only short stories, right? So this was not people super invested in reading long series. Like that changes the data. And so while I think that was a very interesting study as a a jump off point to have a discussion, you know, research is just never the end all be all. It's just one way to inform our world and our opinion
3: a great point because yep. I, I do joke a, I do joke a bit about how I don't know it, when someone kind I, I really dislike general debates or conversations where I kind of consider it just a study tennis match where people throw <laughs> studies at each other it, it to me it's one of the most infuriating ways to argue about any given topic because typically you're arguing about studies and no one actually brings up a study that both people have read and then you discuss the the results that of a study you both comprehend. No, it's, I've read the headline of one article that says something and I didn't read further. And then the oh, other person readers. hasn't read it. And, and to a point where it's pointless. I'm just using the idea of a study to, I am taking the authority that a study in name gives me. But you're using that in a, you're stealing that authority. And so, in general, it, I, I'm just never a fan of when someone brings up like, "Oh, well, this study said unless Why it's do something like." Why do you watch my channel? Go is that like 90
1: percent of my channel is me saying that? <laughs> <laughs> like, well,
3: again, the point being is you actually go into the study <laughs> instead of just saying, "Oh, here are the results of some study I read." Haha, Here we go. Checkmate.
1: I think, I think um, it it's sense. really important like, to understand um, you can always find a study to argue your point, no matter what it is. Um, and if yeah. you're not willing to read how the data was collected, you probably shouldn't bring up a study um, in conversation. So like, if I have a video, I have read the fine print of every one of those studies and how they were collected. Uh, it does take a little knowledge to understand the language, but not much, which again, highly recommend if you guys haven't taken a stats class. There's a ton of free ones online. It's not math like people think. It's just a lot of understanding the language used in research studies. That being said, research studies are very important. A lot of stuff you guys use and interact with daily is because enough studies were done to prove something with, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. Causation's pretty hard, but um, beyond a reasonable doubt, we can get there.
3: All right, I'm starting to gather. Uh, Pro science. Richard anti science. I'm I'm i ge- I'm kinda gathering.
2: That's you know. what
1: I was gathering too. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, if you notice I have not been the same on this entire pod since the whole golden sun thing. Like I'm still thinking about that. Oh God, like you know, you're know, still on. I'm that. still thinking about that. And, uh, <laughs> you have no idea I was so happy when you brought up how much you hated Kenobi I was like yes (laughs) how much you hated Ring to Power yes and then we were boom 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 and boom sorry I was because now I know Rich we're gonna get off this pod and we're gonna talk and it's gonna just be like Rich going oh that was great I'm gonna be like that was great but (laughs) we'll make a TikTok out of it we'll do something (laughs) I will, oh, do you uh, use TikTok for your channel, or how do you typically promote your guys, stuff? I
1: am over thirty. I, of course, I am not on TikTok. Okay, like I'm right, wrong question. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I'm not on TikTok. Um, I just I don't like time wasters, and I feel like I would feel like TikTok was a time waster for me in terms of like I would just go on it. Um, I probably need to find a way to go on it to put my shorts on it and stuff, but eh.
3: You know, you could get uh, you could do what I do is I don't even have TikTok on my phone. That's all Austin. Austin puts the TikToks on.
1: Well, but so you have don't Austin though. Like who who's managing my, like I'd have to pay well, someone to manage my TikTok.
3: Just child labor,
2: get one of your kids <laughs> and say, well, you probably don't want, you don't your, want my your kids. Kid aren't to even your kid like allowed, oh, my kids aren't
1: okay. even allowed on the internet. So yes, I'm for sure going to go get them oh. a phone and hand them TikTok. Um, that makes sense.
3: How? What age? That alone, think, I, I know you're a good parent. Yeah. What
2: age do you think you're going to oh, give okay. your kid access to the internet? Have you? I mean, oh, this was on Fantasy Files as well. I listened to this portion as well, and you said you're going to wait a while, right?
1: A long time. Yeah. Um, we're pretty very 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 low screen time. Um, in our households. Um, I also just I just don't want the uh, dopamine hits of the internet. Um, I don't want my kids um, receiving it, and like we're all guilty as adults of that. Um, which is why actually this is funny. So like you guys had to send me this link and I was like, send it to my email because I actually, I don't have any social media on my phone except for Instagram because I really do need it for my book stuff. And the desktop Mm. Instagram is just so bad that I have to keep the app. Um, and so I have an app limiter. I have something that it's a different app. It's called Screen Zen. Highly recommend it if people want it. And it only lets me open Instagram so many times a day for a very limited window. It's seven minutes. Um, and so once that's up, I'm locked out for a while and it's been super beneficial for me because now I don't waste time on Instagram. Like I'm never just doom scrolling. I am going on for a purpose and doing something. Um, and so that's kind of how I approach it with my kids. Like I just want them to be intentional about the time they are spending and never just wasting away hours and not getting anything out of it.
2: Yeah, that's really smart. That's great. Oh yeah. To be clear, uh, well, you, I'm not you like anti-sing what time. we preach. No, no. <laughs> we get oh like we have these conversations all the time. That's why we started the pod. It was just we we share books as a thing, but we'll just talk about uh, anything and we'll go on hours and that's like one of the things that comes up of oh man, one day if we have kids, would you when would you give them access to the internet? And we're like, Oh,
3: we don't want them same same thought process. So it's yeah. Oh no, it, and the the whole idea the doom scrolling, the the amount of where you get stuck with the, the dopamine hits to the point where going outside is no longer pleasurable anymore or reading a good book is no longer it doesn't. It's the delayed the gratification,
1: right? Like a book is very mm-hmm. delayed gratification. Um, yeah. And I also think um, um, my brain just died a second. Uh, I had a good point. I thought, oh, what I was going to say it. <laughs> sort was. Of I was so going like, to
2: say too much Instagram. If, if, <laughs> just if, not, yeah. if
1: you go on TikTok and you scroll for an hour and you sincerely like feel good and refreshed from that, then that that's totally fine. Because mm. like some people think video games are a waste of time, but you know what? When I sit down and get to play Tears of the Kingdom for an hour, it refreshes me. Like I feel really good. It feels the same like when I sit down and read a book that I'm really enjoying. Like I get refreshment out of that. I feel like a little renewed. When I just scroll... On like reels or shorts, I don't get that feeling. I end up feeling like sad mm. after. Mm. So, like, I think that's the important thing for me. Like, I, cause I never wanna like demonize like not being productive. Cause like it's okay to just like not be productive. But it's, it's, is it, you know, is it actually like filling you and, and good rest time, if that makes sense?
3: I, I do see your point where it'll, f- the, your your point about doom scrolling, where you ask someone who just spent like four hours scrolling through TikTok, and you ask him, "Are you having a good time?" It's like I stopped having a good time three hours ago. Mm-hmm. But you just get stuck in. That's is that law. I, I'm trying to remember what's the, what is the be difference good. between an addiction versus a compulsion. Mm. I think there's a difference where um, doom scrolling through TikTok or Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts becomes kind of a compulsion where you're not having a good time, but for some reason it just sticks this habit in your head where you're looking for the next rush. That's why the algorithm kind of doesn't show you a great video one after the other. It's okay. always a great video, then a poor video, a poor video, and then a great one. And they do this so it plays with your emo- it plays with your emotions of you're always looking for that next peak and that next the next high. Because if you just saw five great videos in a row, you'd be satisfied. Then you'd shut it off. Versus if you had one great video, then it goes down to a poor quality video. And you do that multiple times in a row. Then you see another spike. I'm it's gonna, the same thing uh, of a casino. I'm going like, to need a study to back
2: that. Just to no, but the casino operates are, the same way. There are way. actually
1: a lot of studies.
3: <laughs> I, I'm, jo- I'm yeah,
2: joking. I, I know. But no... Uh,
3: um doesn't yeah. a casino operate the exact it, same it does, way does, of yeah, they yeah. give you a small win and then it and then you know however many the losses same then another small aren't win clocks, to keep you invested. There's not
1: clocks in malls and casinos. Yep. Um you mm-hmm. know there's these are Sunlight, tactics yeah. as old as time to get people using your product. Um it's any product.
2: Now, do you feel any tinge of guilt that you are also producing content on the internet?
1: Oh, all the time, which is why I was so anti shorts for so long. And in fact, the only reason mm. I started doing shorts, the only reason, is because actually when I went to do that collaboration uh, with Sanderson at his um, at his house in Utah. I was with these other content creators. It was such a great time. And we were talking about content creation. And I made the statement, like, I'm never doing a short. I don't want to contribute to that. And Murphy turned to me and was like, you have to, though. Like, because she has a YouTube person, you know, because she's like a big deal. And they basically said they will (laughs) punish channels who don't do shorts. So she was like, you got to like, you just you have to do. I get what you're feeling. That's how I felt. But you've got to do it. And that coming from her was like finally enough for me to be like, oh, I kind of like, I guess have to do the thing. Um, Mm. But it's definitely not my favorite form because I I don't want to contribute to that. And I I hope the stuff I'm contributing is thoughtful. And and I try to hope that it would, someone can leave one of my videos feeling they learned something, feeling that it was time well spent. Um, yeah, I do hope that, but I do understand that I'm contributing to the problem. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, we we feel basically the same way we we've talked to each other on how we should limit the amount of YouTube we watch and like, oh, you know, yeah. I I'm using YouTube too much. We need to really stop it and mm-hmm. just, yeah. and realizing that we're contributing to the exact same problem. Yeah. We, we stopped mid podcast,
2: like an hour 10 in and told all of our viewers stop watching YouTube. Just do, watch do our something. video. Just and then watch get our off. videos
1: and none else.
2: <laughs> That's it. What else? Oh, could you tell us what else did you learn from Murphy? Can you give
3: us more, more of that? By the way,
2: incredibly is, jealous that you got great to go person. to person. She's
1: so, like, the <laughs> nicest person on the planet. And um, yeah, we talked about, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I could tell you, I could try to remember. We all, it was all the same thing. You get any content creator in a room and we're all like, we could quit tomorrow. Um, we hate this, but we also love it. That's like, we all said the same thing.
2: (laughs) That's a great way to summarize the pros and cons of booktube right there. I mean, you you hate it and you love it. And we are too early on to where we don't hate it enough yet. We're still loving it, but maybe as we get... I can't imagine for someone like Murphy or Daniel Green when you are that big.
1: Just exhausting. Who knows? Dealing dealing with people becomes more exhausting. That is the thing that becomes the most exhausting is um, just you can never make people happy. It's like, I will save comments to laugh about, like um, uh, Rings of Power, or it might've been The Wheel of Time. It was one of those, they were both Amazon shows. Like in the same video, I had people yelling at me because they said I was an Amazon shill and that Amazon must've paid me for this review. And then another review that said, I'm just a dumb book lover who could never be happy with whatever they produced. And this was the same video. Like, the, <laughs> was one person interpreted me as like in love with the show and the other person interpreted it as like I would never be happy. And that, mm. it becomes so exhausting to be just hit with that day in and day out. Like the more comments my videos get, like dealing with that because as an average viewer, when you're going to a video, you only see the most upvoted comments. And in general, the most upvoted comments, top comments are all lovely. They're all thoughtful. They're all nice. But as the content creators, I don't know if you've experienced this, you are getting everything. And it's why I actually, I mean, I used to respond until maybe like two months ago, three months ago. I used to respond to every comment I got, um, no matter what.
4: Hmm. Even
1: it was, I mean, this sometimes was hundreds of comments. And finally, I was like, for my own mental health, like I have to take a step back from reading like the barrage of commentary about me as a person daily. Mm-hmm. And so like to think of mm-hmm. someone like a Daniel and Murphy who've been doing this for years and are just huge, I can't imagine the mental toll that takes.
2: What's your advice to other booktubers? Is it to stop reading the comments? Is it to take a step back? Because I know not to, I, this just was announced today. I mean, this video will be up in a week, but Daniel Green's going through a uh, mental health break. We don't know all the details, but I think that was just announced like a couple hours ago or so. And I don't know what it's attributed to, I won't speculate, but just going off of what you said there, what would you recommend as far as how the comments affect you?
1: I mean, the interesting thing about, um, I mean, I don't want to make any, um, presumptions about Daniel, but he, you know, he, he posted on Twitter a few months ago that he was taking a mental health break and I was really shocked to see that he posted videos again. I was like, oh, that was really short. I hope everything's good. And so when I saw that today, I thought, oh, I just so empathized with it where you're just like, oh, I'm actually fine. And then he was like, nope didn't give myself the grace I really needed. So like, I really just hope that, you know, he takes a lot of time because I think it's hard. I'm sure he knows all the tricks. He knows way more than I do. What helped me recently um, because I did notice like, big YouTubers hardly ever respond to comments and I used to never understand that and now I get it. But for me, one of the joys of being on YouTube is having discussions with people. Like that's why I started. So I I never want to be the person who's not responding to at least a decent bulk of my comments. Um, But what I've started doing to help me is I've tried really hard. I'm not always good at it. (laughs) I fail. But I try not to look at any comments until my video has been up for several hours and then go and just view the video and respond to comments that way so that I'm only seeing the comments everyone else is seeing. I'm only seeing okay. the upvoted top comments that everyone's agreeing with and liking. Um, that you still get criticisms, but that means they're usually thoughtful criticisms. They're not just like yelling at you <laughs> um, or <laughs> they're the thoughtful stuff. So that helps me a lot. And so if you ever start feeling overwhelmed, I'm just like, just wait till the cream of the crop rises and don't think that people, you don't owe anyone to just yell at you. Like you don't owe them your time. Like I finally realized that. Like I don't owe these people who are not respecting me my time.
3: Yeah. I I always found it strange. I'm curious in the future if we if we still continue to grow and all that and we'll have more comments and things like that. Currently as I as I feel about most comments now, it doesn't seem to affect me as much personally. The there are a few comments that actually do get to me, but normally it's because I think there's some type of truth to it. Hmm. It's the comments where I'm where I maybe agree with them and it's a criticism of like mm, I think maybe there's a nugget of truth in there. Those tend to actually do get me a, a little bit more emotionally. Like on TikTok we have something like 50,000 followers there, so we get a lot more comments. And plenty of hate comments, but to the point where I know it's a short from a full long video that they're just not getting the context and it just seems so distant that I've To me it's mostly just funny.
1: Those comments Honor, are always I, kind I of funny. I haven't gotten there yet. Like though Yeah. Those but, ones like, tend weird. to be funny, but there's when you get it here's here's how I liken it. Um <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
1: you get if I don't know. Have you ever been, this is probably something I've experienced more as a woman. Have you ever been catcalled? Like on the street, you're walking and someone shouts at you out of a car. Has that ever happened to you?
3: Uh, Bowling alley. But <laughs> I was there. Oh my God. I was yeah, like, that, that was uh, uncomfortable. And
2: also me, I here's the thing. Um, As a guy, like I can remember specifically one time, but that's yeah. it. That's only, yeah, because, no, only because it was rare do I remember. <laughs>
1: so when someone just shouts at you randomly out a window, especially when it's like uh crude language and if you're any woman yeah. you've just had this happen a ton of times it's like kind of scary and shocking and it's not a big deal you'd probably come in and you like tell a friend you're like well oh, this kind of like shocking thing happened to me and whatever and you blow it off but if there was a 50 percent chance that every time you went and checked your mail someone would be driving by shouting at you you might be like i kind of don't want to go check my mail and that's how I now feel about my YouTube comments. Like, if there's a 50% chance someone's just, like, yelling expletives at me every time I go into my YouTube comments, it kind of makes it a little less fun. Even if it's not necessarily the content itself, that's, like, extremely upsetting.
2: By the way, I am sorry for commenting that. I should stop. I ch- <laughs>
1: Wait, comment! Oh, all your all this stuff. Your comments. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I know you're actually I, I really, my worst I get too aggressive offender. at times. <laughs> I've had to block you. You keep making new accounts. I like don't know what I'm gonna uh. do.
2: Uh, uh, that hey, you definitely. I mean, we are at a smaller echelon to where we mm. can't we can't even talk to our experience yet because we don't have the the exp, you know it's it's not
3: enough. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's a strange thing. Of I'm not sure how I. I'm not sure not how sure. we would be
1: affected. Yeah, who you was know? exactly, it? Was it Austin? Yeah. Say, I don't have the screen. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Was it Austin who said that it's only when yeah. it's personal that it hurts?
2: No, that was uh, Rich. That was, oh, Rich, that was rich yeah.
1: Um.
2: Uh, do, wait, do our voices sound that
1: similar? They don't. No, they don't sound similar. But it's just like when it goes fast, sometimes I can't remember. <laughs> okay. Without seeing the visual.
2: Good because if comments, I'm the one that usually has the very the light voice. They like to say the yeah. light voice. <laughs> Um, yeah. sorry, go ahead. You're saying with rich in the personal,
1: well, the personal thing, I think, um, for me, the way that comes as I hate, hate being misunderstood. So the comments oh. that get to me the most is when someone claims I said or meant something that is not at all what I meant or said, those are the ones mm-hmm. that like really rile me up because I just have this problem where I hate being misunderstood. I hate being misquoted. Okay. I hate, you know, and, um, those ones are the ones I think that get to me the most. It's not the ones just calling me names. It's like the people who clearly watched the first three minutes of a 20 minute video and then thought it was fine to comment.
3: Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I, so far I found, I find most of those comments where they clearly just misunderstood. I find them mostly funny for now. Mm. I'm not sure, especially with shorts. I just don't really even consider them like, Look, you watched maybe 10 seconds of a 30 yeah. second short. Like, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Someone who watched maybe a full video where I gave m- full context, maybe that'd feel a little differently. And, and you guys are also, so um, far,
1: yeah. your vibe's more fun. It's more entertaining. It's more funny. So you may have people taking things a little less seriously. Um,
4: very true.
3: Very true. And I, yeah. I don't know
1: if that's um, a factor at all. I wish I was funnier. Maybe you guys can teach me some of uh, your comedy ways. I don't know.
3: You, you, you goaded some real... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> some reactions. You oh, no. Was that, I was meaning that as a us.
1: true compliment. <laughs> Did it sound rude? I, I, I was not when... trying to be rude. I mean it. You guys are no, very no, entertaining. No, no, no. no.
3: Here's it's... the thing. We, we really enjoy... like All of our friendships here, Like we really enjoy roasting each other. And like our whole vibe and friendship is just joking at each other and seeing what's going to really get under each other's skin. Well, we'll get us
2: canceled on YouTube. That's oh, the question.
3: <laughs> so that, that's our humor. We like making fun of each other, and that's with kind of all of our friends. In many ways, I'm wondering if that's kind of helped helped us with the comments. It's like I don't think any comment has been as emotionally like knife in the knife twisting in the gut. Mm. as the things that Austin has said about me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, geez. I still think, but, like, I still think My best think friend about and I, we, like, totally oh, rip God. on each other all the time, but it's totally funny. It's different if it's some rando on the internet who, like, is being serious.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I still think about, I, I think I've mentioned this now in multiple videos because I still think about it. Austin wants to, I, I was telling him, like, hey, you should drink coffee. You don't drink coffee. Caffeine is great. You should totally drink coffee. Never. And he told me, you know, uh, Richard, if you were someone worthy of emulation, maybe I would actually drink coffee like you. (laughs) My
2: proudest moment.
3: (laughs) That hurt. That, that that one stung. That one stung a bit, and I still think about it. And I will say,
2: this was after months of you trying to get me to drink coffee, and I was like, what's oh, the yeah. one thing that would affect me?
3: We're the same, and I went, oh yeah. that's." <laughs> I, I shaved my head bald because you and the other guys kept making fun of my receding hairline. I shaved my head bald to re- remove that... That bullet. I'm going go to go back to like um,
1: therapist bookborn. Do we need to talk about it? <laughs> Do we need to maybe discuss our feelings? Um, oh. You know, all feelings are valid. Here, I'll put my mom hat on. All feelings are valid. The way that we express <laughs> our feelings may not always be valid. Austin, was it nice oh, for oh. you to express your feelings in that way towards Rich?
3: Here's the thing. He's made me stronger. <laughs> He's made me a ab-
1: like I, Do you want to give me your pitch I, I don't know though? Because I've never guys. drank coffee and I don't like caffeine. Oh, I, oh. I'm just kidding. There's no living, pitch you could get me to drink coffee, but
3: living a caffeinated life really? is just better. The industrial revolution was on the back of coffee.
1: Here's the thing though. Like, we Every, not be able everything to have I've learned in my caffeine. professional life has shown that I am usually have the superpower of not relying on coffee. Like, when I'm up and I'm, like, the happiest and I am the most energetic morning person in my office and everyone else is dying and they're like, well, I just need my coffee, who's winning there, you know?
2: You tell him, Yeah. And make make fun of his baldness, too. Come on. Join me. (laughs) Well, I can't
1: see the baldness, so. Oh,
2: that's right. That's right. Uh. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, we do. I guess that does help with reading the comments is we just, we are, we are. And not even against you or me, right? Like, we we always dish back and forth, but mm-hmm. even to ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, oh, we, we are mean no, to ourselves. Nothing, that, nothing anyone on the internet can say something meaner than I haven't already said in to myself mirror, right? in the mirror. Yeah. Well,
1: that's true that's of everybody. Thing. You yeah. know, I think we're all extremely self-critical. Yes. But it's, again, it's different if you're feeling misunderstood, which I think is why that gets to me more than a comment of the yeah. one being like, Getcha. I don't know, you're ugly, you speak bad, you say, pronounce things wrong. Yeah, like, duh, I know that. Like, it's mm-hmm. different, mm-hmm. you know, than someone saying, you said this when you didn't.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, in general, I hate being called a liar. Uh, that, that is the the thing I have quit. I've quit jobs over where if someone questions my integrity, mm-hmm. that personally rubs me the wrong way. Mm. So I can understand, like, and I think that's the same way of being mis misunderstood in, in the same way could kind of be seen as a form of lying because you're portraying me as someone who I am not.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Man, this has been great for our relationship, Rich. This has just been, I, I feel closer.
2: <laughs> happy to help. Book thank you. Yeah, happy to help. <laughs> and then, it, yeah, when you are not here, and thank you for the compliment, by the way. It was very kind coming from you. When you're not here, though, the uh, and when we don't have guests the humor back and forth it's just it gets worse it's not not like funny or not anything but it's usually just lower grade Mm. like we just go to insults you know what i mean like (laughs) we try to be clever but we're really not so
3: yeah it gets it gets really second grade on here i don't know it makes you it makes you a tougher person
2: yeah 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 (laughs) Well, Bookborn, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you so much. I mean, this is one of our longer episodes. Usually we do not go this long. So sorry if we went over your schedule. Very much appreciate this. You were a great guest. I mean, this was really fun for me. Um, It was a lot of fun for me as well. I had a great time.
1: Thanks. I'm sorry I talked too um, much.
2: No, you did not. Uh, last thing to talk about, of course, do you want to plug anything, anything going on? And of course, your channel to overviews.
1: Um, I don't have anything new going on, but you can find me on YouTube at Bookborn and on Instagram at bookborne.reviews. On Instagram is where I post all of the books I'm currently reading and the ratings. So if you want to see my vibe check ratings mm. and compare them to the uh, subjective objectivity of Two to Ramble, <laughs> so- um, please do. <laughs>
2: I'm just so glad that you are aware of the rating system. That was the whole goal.
1: I could explain the, it to somebody else. Goal. So I can help um, if anyone asks.
2: Yes. There we go. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. Uh, Bookborn, thank you so much. This is lovely. All right. Thank Bye, you. everybody.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.